Yeah, you are now tuned in to Frankie and the 4 F's. Come on. The only podcast giving you the latest news on famous people fighting females and fear is Frankie and the 4 F's. Frankie and the 4 F's. Frankie and the 4 F's. You're never gonna forget. That new John. New you can John. bring it closer. It's like a joystick. Too. I was gonna ask you closer. You can do whatever you want, bro. Is that good? That's perfect. As long as you can hear me, I can hear that's you. all that counts. Oh, these are nice. I like these. I like the couch. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. Frankie and the Four Fs is official. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. I hope all of you guys had a tremendous and amazing holiday season. Uh, but let's let's be honest. Let's all fucking thank God it's over, baby. It's done. It's done. It's over. Everybody's credit cards are maxed out. Everybody's got a fat Macy's bill and a you know, home goods bill and all the bills coming in now. A bill in your stomach and maybe <laughs> one on your ass or wherever you gained weight from all that eating. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, Shout out to everybody that's uh, fit famine right now. 2020 goals. Um, <laughs> everybody that's starting their South Beach diets. Everybody that's uh, starting to hit the gym, the new gym memberships and all that. Shout out to all you guys. Um, it's always good to j- at least start. You know, Who knows if you're going to finish, but at least you're starting. You give um, it a try. Yeah, right? Um, so today is, is fun. Um, we're back in the mix. So... A little background on, on these podcasts started so heavy, bro. I was on it every week, and it, I, I had my ACL, so I had a lot of time to like sit down with people. And what people don't know is like now like I'm on the go all the time, so it's hard to sit down with special people every week to try to get new material out. So I'm just making sure whatever material I do get out, it's good quality shit. You know what I mean? So that being said... Um, Today we have on the show is uh, one of my friends. So today's going to be a little bit of everything. We're going to talk about fighting. We're going to talk about uh, personal lives. But we're also going to talk about like the entertainment world where I don't ever really break out into. And what's good is with you being in here, you get a little bit behind the scenes on both ends. So Very behind the and scenes. I don't know shit about your end. I just know what comes on the front end. So, um, But today uh, we're sitting with one of my good friends. Uh, also, uh, I guess work colleague, I would say colleague from time to time, um, in the same industry, but he's more on the venue base, owns a venue locally, a very nice, uh, beautiful venue locally. Um, but we also work out together and, Mm. uh, you know, we hang out, drink together. We drink together. We party together. We do a lot of things together. Going to Miami together. We're going to Miami together. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to my good friend, Mr. Matt Marino. Thank you for having me, Frankie Perez. Yeah, welcome to the show, big dog. Man, good friend. Good friend. You want to talk about good friend? Huh. True story. You're the third friend I have in New Jersey. Oh. That's big. That's big. Keep my circle small. That's it. Third friend. Bro, don't put that pressure on me, bro. And I got to... You're in good company. <laughs> who's, the, who's one and two? Truthfully... 
Jason Janai. Okay. Jamie from E Clean Bro. And then there's you. Wow. Those are some big shoes. Yeah. JJF. JJF. Yeah. JJF effect. Yep. Now you're staying. No more Brooklyn. Brooklyn forever. You know, Brooklyn. that's a. You're born with that. But Brooklyn's here. Brooklyn's here. You go straight across the road and you go over Route 9 and the pizzeria that I grew up hanging out in front of and eating all my life, as you can see, <laughs> it's here now. It's here now. All you right. Know? Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're here. Um, finally, we've been trying to get on this podcast for a little while now. Both busy men. Yeah, both busy men. So Matt Marino, like I said, his family has been in the a private party industry starting all the way from Brooklyn. The mm-hmm. Brooklyn days. Your father's had a, your own venue out there as Since well. Since 1981. 1981. So what, how old were you when you had your first a private event? Like that you knew, like you worked your first wedding. How old were you? The first... The first job I ever did, but here's the thing though, the way my parents are is that we weren't, what's the best way to put it? Okay. My first thing I did, I was a waiter. Okay. Well, not even before, even, not even that. Before that, we're talking the early nineties. You were allowed to smoke back then. So my first job ever was I would walk around to all the different lobbies that we had because we had a place with three floors in it. So my first job was walking around emptying ashtrays. And then my first time I ever put on the tuxedo and I actually waited tables, I was 13. Wow. Okay. And I could tell you the event. It was a good friend of ours. His name's Jimmy Alberino, a.k.a. Jimmy Carvel. All right? <laughs> so you, you know, living in Brooklyn, you want a Carvel, you're Jimmy Carvel forever. <laughs> and uh, it was his daughter's... Uh, graduation party from elementary school okay. and it was a, a big blast so what does my brother Christopher do of course who I work with Chris is 13 years older than me so he actually walks up to the table when I g- greet the guests and say hello and says he puts his arm around me and he says hi everyone my name's Christopher this is my brother Matthew and it's his first night on the job <laughs> Okay. So my face so he set you up. turned red. Right. And we're very good uh very good friends with these people. Uh-huh. So ten years later <laughs> at the uh Southgate Manor in Jersey now, right. the same girl whose graduation party it was, we did her wedding. Okay. You know, it was like, it's a it was a tradition. Every occasion they always came to us. A wedding, a sweet sixteen, a communion, a christening, whatever it was, it was always with us. That's awesome. So yeah, that was my first real introduction years to years old. Mm-hmm. I'll admit it though, my brother Chris had it worse. When he was maybe twelve, my dad made him wash dishes. Oh. So literally, we know this business from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. And what I love about and uh, and I'm not saying this because like we're friends and I'm mm-hmm. your venue, but what I love about like the other day, especially like I came into the office mm-hmm. and it's like your brother, Christopher, your sister, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's family owned and operated. And even the people that aren't family act like family there. Like everybody's super tight knit. Everybody's mm-hmm. close. It's it. You're getting what you pay for there. It's it's not a fucking cookie cutter kind of spot. You know what nope. I mean? Um, you guys are always revamping the spot. You're always trying to mm-hmm. do new stuff. You, you know, you were designed it for holidays. You decorated everything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's what it is with this 
especially with this industry because we we work with so many different like myself works with so many different venues mm-hmm. each and every week and it's and some of these venues are great and they're beautiful from the outside but nobody sees really behind the scenes and what really transpires mm-hmm. during their event before their event and after their event and how mm-hmm. people really are you know what i mean because like at the end of the day some of these venues just want to get people in and out mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, and rightfully so you know what i mean rightfully so i don't i don't knock them but the way you guys run your events are pretty fucking on point, tight knit, on time. Food's great, you know. Right, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, cocktail hours always phenomenal. Um, now, is that a thing with like venues? Is that like blast them with cocktail hour, and make cocktail hour like on another level because there's so much that goes on during the reception? Well, now you know what it is. It depends on the place, and it depends on, I believe, honestly, ethnicity and where you're from. Because, obviously, yes, I'm from New York. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm Italian. And so whenever you go to, what do they say typically? You go to an Italian person's house for dinner, there's a lot of food. Yeah, yeah. You know? And my dad's logic, coming from, you know, the same background always was, just in case there's something there that someone doesn't like, that person will have a few different options. Right. You know, you might go to some places and, you know, certain places they might lean towards certain things where some places it's the uh, it's the food that make the customers want to come. Some it might or it might be a place by the water, or mm-hmm. it might be a place the decor is just phenomenal and the grounds are phenomenal, but they might have a, a thinner menu. Um, with us we try to do everything as much as we possibly can. Right, right, right. You know, so my thing is and then also of course, hey, let's be honest. How much does the customer want to spend yeah. on the quantity? Right. On the other hand, if you told me you were going to have 50 things, 50 different items, and it was okay, but if you told me you're going to have 12 different things and it was going to be delicious, right. I'd still take the 12 over the 50. Right, right, right. So really it all depends on, and we've had customers who've come in. I've actually done a wedding before, actually two weddings, I can say, where the customer wanted not too crazy of a cocktail hour <clears throat> however what they did want their cocktail hour shrimps lobsters cold antipast a guy making fresh mozzarella for everybody they had a sushi chef they wanted a lighter menu but items that were a little fancier nicer and uh what i did notice a little bit on one of them was because we're so on top of things i actually noticed all the courses prior to dinner people even ate more of them Oh, wow. Or they asked their waiter, because we do French style. So a waiter walks up to the table, and he says, Hi, my name is Matthew. I got cheese and pancetta risotto. John staying behind me has uh, penny alla vodka. Give him a scoop. Look at the customer. And the customer gives you the look like two more scoops, three more <laughs> scoops. You know, I know what you would do. I've eaten dinner with you several times. You know. So, yeah, I mean, it all depends on a lot of time what they want to spend or, you know, right. what, or what they think enough food is. Now, are you guys like a restaurant? Or are you always like changing up the menu and trying new things? And No, the only thing, we're, we're always going to be weddings, you know. I'm saying like, are you like, like not that you're restaurant based, but are you always like, as far as the basis of a restaurant, like they're always like, all right, we're going to try a different dessert this month. Or- oh, yeah. The truth is, I. Uh, I enjoy home-cooked meals, so does my brother, but the truth is we also like going out to eat. So when we find new things that people are doing in restaurants, it could be dessert. It could be like um, 
at our pasta station before uh-huh. we were making we were making penny olive vodka inside the wheel of cheese. You know, throwing the vodka in the pan and lighting it up on fire and all that. Right. Something I've always loved is a dish called cacio pepe. And if you look at a lot of uh, on Instagram, if you look um, at a lot of Italian restaurants, they're actually making this dish now. And uh, so I said, let's stop doing penny alavaca or a brandy sauce, what we were doing before. And I said, let's start doing cacio pepe inside the 80-pound wheel of Pecorino Romano cheese. Ah, uh, okay. <clears throat> so, I mean, and it's so simple. You boil spaghetti, you throw it into the wheel of cheese, and that piping hot spaghetti actually just melts the, uh, the, cheese. the cheese away. And then the chef will add fresh black pepper to it from the pepper mill. You mix it up, you twirl it up. And it's delicious. It's delicious, right? Yeah. If anyone's watching that cholesterol, they should stay away from it. <laughs> but you know what? When you go to a wedding with a good spread, yeah. that uh, it's like a holiday. Yeah. Eat, enjoy. I say, like, as an entertainer, I never really eat. Um, and I try to feed all my guys before we, we go there. Just And because, I will feed you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Like, your guys are great. You have a table for us, and that's always phenomenal. You, um, you're people, too. You're professionals. Are, you're our colleagues. We are. But, like, I try to instill in my guys, like, listen, they're paying us to perform, not to come and eat with them. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. we have such a great relationship with 99% of mm-hmm. our clients that they don't really don't care, and they expect us to eat. But for me, just... Physically, I don't like eating at, at parties because then I get like tired and like yeah, I, everyone's different. You're yeah. all stairs and yeah. But you know, it's not. I, listen, you could walk into my cocktail hour as a as a vendor, professional, whatever you want to refer to yourself as. You could be a DJ, a video photographer. I don't care if you eat ten pounds of shrimp. Just conduct yourself well, right? You know, and like the truth is though, you could go to a lot, a lot of places. Um, and say you walk into a, say you were a bride and groom getting married and you walk into a place and, you know, just like you have me today, there's the pictures laid out, right? Right. And I don't know, say, uh, just hypothetically, I'm just saying a name. Let's just say Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez is in that picture right there. Right. And you could say that, uh, Kate Hudson, whoever, you know, famous right. people, athletes. Yeah, they, we were the choice for them. My feather in my cap, I've always said, is the fact that I really feel honored when someone from a DJ company or video and photography, they choose us to um, to have their wedding with us. Right, right, right. You know, like somebody in the industry. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be someone I have a close, close relationship with. It could be someone I work with two times, and to me, that's the best. Uh, that's the best uh, compliment you could ever get. Right. You know, you're being, um, you're being, uh, you're being used by someone in your own profession. Yeah, somebody and in the industry, and they someone in chosen, your own industry. Yeah, somebody in your own industry that could have chosen fifty thousand mm-hmm. other venues that they've mm-hmm. worked at, and probably. Some of them, they have the preferred. Preferred, yeah. I was just going to say, like a commission-based ad or something, and they're they're coming to you. Why? But but that also goes on a lot of other things. It's it's not, you know, yeah, you have a beautiful venue, but it's also you guys. Yeah. You know, like. It goes back to what you said before in regards to they see behind the scenes. Right. You can walk through my kitchen. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Right, right. And like the people that work for you are are nice people. Like I've never Mm -hmm. had, there's some venues that I work at that are just, it's miserable to work at because the people are miserable. And it's a rotation of maitre d's and captains. It's a rotation. It's like, 
And why Southgate works is why, because they can go there any day and they're going to see Chris and they're going to see Matt, you know, and they're going to see Bobby and they're going to, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? They're going to see the people that are there all the time. Yeah, we're very accessible. And do the right thing for that specific person. Mm -hmm. Is every client easy to work with? Absolutely not. Do a, are a majority of them easy to work with? Yeah. Yeah. I, I come to find out, depending on the demographic and the people that you, you try to find and find your place. Nine out of ten of them are easy going. You're gonna have these bridezillas and these people yeah. that want. You know what it is? They're uninformed, and you know what? It's always their first, and hopefully, always you know their last. Yeah, yeah. It's their last time doing it. You know, I don't, I don't like that. Right. Um, they're gonna have questions, and right. you're here to answer their questions. Right. It might be something as you know, I don't, I, I know a little bit, but I know nothing about sound. Right. But I think I would probably ask you a, a question. I would say, Frankie, what brand of speak is, what mixing tables, what turntables do you use, and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's a very technical question, but you're going to have a couple. I'm sure someone has, has asked you that oh, before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, you know where, where I think it's kind of crazy is um, that it's 2020, people are getting married, and we still have to educate them on the small things. I think it's kind of crazy. But... And some people think I'm crazy for thinking that, but it's just, I feel like, especially now. The only, excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt. The only people who don't, who think we're crazy are the people who don't see our emails. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. Like every month I send out to all my clients, people that don't even book us, just people that we have their emails and they're like, I send them out like a, a quick tip, you know, like, listen, look out for this. You should try this. Just ideas, you know, just trying to inform them more because it's so crazy how it's 2020 out of all these weddings and there's so much information out there now with social media, with Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, this, that, and a third. And people are still like uneducated on what goes down in a, in a wedding and how, why does it cost so much? Mm -hmm. You know, like, like why is your venue X amount of dollars? Well, you don't realize that there's a cook cooking back there. There's mm -hmm. 18 staff members that are waiter. You know, each one place gives you 10 waiters and another place gives you 18 waiters. Right. One place you you may not have a bridal attendant. Right. I have someone who does nothing but shadow you. It might be for six hours or it might be for 14 hours. Right. right. She's there all day with you. Right. And you don't have to do anything. Yeah. It's just, and I feel like people like you, it's, uh, you run your business a lot like me. I'm built on relationships and being honest. Like, you pay yeah. for what you get, you know, yeah. and I'm not here to sell anything. Like you walk through my doors, you see what you're getting, you know, um, it, it, it's just that, like I tell everybody, there's no rhyme or reason on how we do things. It's just being real, honest, organic people that want to have mm -hmm. a great celebration in a beautiful place, you know? And honestly, you don't really know when my job is 50% easier in the selling department when they've been there already. Right, right, right. You know, they've been there already and they see what we do. Right, right, right. You know, they taste the food. They see the place when it's actually, they see the place when it's set up nicely. They see it when the lights are on. Right. You know, they, that last song ends. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and all, you hear the chairs moving yeah. and, you know, and everyone's talking, you know, and so, sometimes when, when those lights come on, you might go, ooh. 
You know, like, come on, we've been to some nightclubs before where, you know, beautiful, you spend $2,500 on the table, but when those lights turn on, you're like, they could have redone the, you know, I didn't realize this, they could have redone the, got a new couch, there's a hole in it, and we've been sitting on it all night. Right, right, right. You know, and there's just some wedding venues that might even be like that, you know, the, the lights turn on. You know, you might be able to skeeve that. You drank out of that glass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so when when did you guys take over Southgate? How many years has it been? So as of Sunday, I'm 37. Yeah, and baby, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. It was a long process because what I can recollect is um, by the time we actually owned it, I was 21. Okay. You know, because we actually, we saw it in the summer in August. And then by the time we went through the paperwork and the lawyering and closing on the place, it was sometime around November, December, and we actually owned it by December. And like there was, we weren't doing anything. You know, we we took that one little section, we revamped it to, and we did a restaurant for a little while. So really, we've had Southgate Manor for sixteen years. Wow, wow. Yeah, and really, my dad's been in the business since eighty uh, one. He. Uh, he got in with a uh, a cousin of my mom's who he was really close with, and uh, my mom's cousin didn't want to do it anymore, so he kind of bowed out. And my dad bought him out, and '83, uh, my dad owned the catering hall in Brooklyn, the townhouse on his own. Mm-hmm. And you know what my dad's background in the catering hall industry was? Zero. Really. Prior to that, my father worked for big companies. He was the credit manager for this big camera company which later on got what was called umic they were based out of austria and um <clears throat> years later they got bought up by minolta and i find i find all these interesting like crazy things about my mom and dad like one of the things i found out uh when i was like 20 something years old my parents you know my parents don't come from an easy background uh i have great parents great grandparents my they were phenomenal my grandparents mm-hmm. but uh humble beginnings you know, uh, my dad shined shoes when he was a kid. Still has a shine box. Really? Yeah. So if you say go home and get your shine box, he 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 smiles at that. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with shining shoes. Right. He made money doing it. But uh, my dad wasn't taught this business. He didn't have a, a skill set for it, a background for it. Uh, the the uh, the way he got into it was it seemed interesting. People told him he had a good personality. And uh, he actually had the nicest wedding out of everybody in his family and friends. Really? Yeah. Like they had a bang up wedding with all the food you could possibly have back then in like 1969 or 73, something like that. And it was the nicest, the fanciest, the nicest flowers, the best band. As people always told him, hey, you had such a nice wedding. You should do that too. Wow. And that's how it started. Yeah, prior to that, my father had a had a clothing. He actually they had a clothing store. My parents, they used to sell Saturday Night Fever wear. <laughs> pretty much, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you, you remember Saturday Night like Fever when he's the walking. John Travolta startup. Case. Yeah, like or whatever was in at that time. Like remember in the beginning of Saturday Night Fever, he's walking down the street and he tells him, "I'll put a deposit down on the shirt, five dollars." Right. They had a store like that. They sold jeans and leather jackets and stuff like that, and. I always thought my dad was the worst dresser when I was a kid, but <laughs> then as I got older and I started wearing suits, like my dad knows what he's talking about. Right, right. And it actually turned out I my uh, my grandfather was a seamstress uh, and my grandmother, and that's what they did. 
know, they sewed in factories and stuff like that. Wow. Did they create, did they make the clothes for the store? Or no? no, no. The, the store happened years later. My, uh, my grandfather actually died fairly young. Okay. And uh, crazy thing, I'll tell you. So my grandfather was very sick. My dad even told me, explained to me how at one point my grandfather had like all his organs taken out. He had some form of cancer. He was very, very, very sick. So my grandfather got sick, but when he got sick the first time before he actually passed away, my dad was in basic training. He got drafted for Vietnam. Oh. So my father actually has to, my dad goes into the army and he weighed like 300 pounds. My dad comes home from the army. He's like a buck 80. Wow. All right. And uh, he actually had to leave temporarily. He actually finished basic training. He's done. Uh, and they let him leave because my grandfather was very, very sick. He leaves and he sees what's going on. And there's really nothing he could do. So, he, But he has to go back to the, um, I guess, to graduate or whatever mm -hmm. it is they consider it. Right. And when he gets back, they told him, you left. You have to go through basic training again. My dad went through basic training twice, and then here's a crazy thing. My dad's a very smart guy. Uh, while he was in basic training and everything, they actually, I guess when you take the aptitude tests and all that, his, his scores were huge. Wow. They actually offered him, they're like, would you like to go to West Point, officer's training school? My father looked at them and goes, are you crazy? <laughs> he looked, unfortunately, I mean, they were bringing people home in body bags back then. He looked at having to go into the army as almost doing jail time. Right, He's right, like, right. no, thank you. I just want to do what I have to do here and leave. You know? So my father actually, once he went through basic training again and came out, uh, he actually had a very good job in the army. Right. He actually ran a hospital for them. No a vet shit. hospital, yeah. And my father used to always tell me, it's funny, uh, he had first-class sergeants and lieutenants that were all working underneath him. They had enough guys to go fight the war. They needed somebody with brains. My dad was in charge of the metal record, uh, medical records for like the, an entire, like a ginormous hospital in Washington. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty wild. And he did dude. whatever he had to do. And thank God he didn't have to get, you know, sent over there. Right. And on a, a crazy story I got for you in regards to that was one reason why my dad lost so much weight. Not that the food was bad, but there were people out there. They didn't want to get sent over there. They were doing everything he can. Like you seen full metal jacket. Yeah, the course. guy's trying to leave. Yeah. What was he doing? He was jerking off yeah. five times a day. <laughs> jerking off in the doctor's <laughs> office, you know. My dad out. was friendly with one of the chefs, and okay. one of the chefs told him, Larry, I like you, so I'm going to tell you this. Don't eat the eggs tomorrow. He goes, why? He goes, I'm going to piss in the eggs. Okay. This guy got word that he was maybe going to get shipped over, and so my father afterwards refused to eat anything because he heard stories guys were doing all kinds of things to the food and then when the like straight up my father was actually on the chow line and a sergeant or lieutenant somebody walked up to this guy who's the chef and said these eggs are too watery and i don't like the shade of yellow they were scrambled eggs the, the guy pissed in them 
After that, my father said, I won't eat nothing that's sealed. So he ate cornflakes and milk in the morning, and he would wow. sometimes take some extra and like and, and bring them back to his barracks or wherever he was he was staying and eat that later on. Holy shit. So he walked in like 300, came home a buck 80. Yeah, you thought he was in shape, but he was just rationed off Frosted Flakes. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I need those Frosted Flakes, but Corn Flakes. Corn Flakes corn is flakes. this thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, but guys didn't want to go over there. I mean. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy time, dude. And I like, I don't know much about it. It's not like I'm going to sit here and like break you down on like Forrest Gump and the Vietnam War. Oh, and yeah. Broke it and down. John Rambo, too. Don't yeah, forget about that. Rambo, you know. you know. But that was a crazy time back then. Yeah. Well, you know why it was even crazier? Because, like, war now is right, right? Goes down and quote unquote, what happens over there, we end up finding out on CNN or NBC. Mm-hmm. The shit that was going them. down over there, we didn't know what was going down. We didn't know there, nothing, yeah. You know? And all the people that always said, like, the Vietnam, like, US soldiers went over there and they terrorized and killed villages. And, bro, you don't know what those guys, they were scared, One, young. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't know whether a kid was going to kill him, a guy was going to kill him, or what. You know, they just wanted to go home. You know, is everything okay that they did over there? Who knows? I don't know. You know, I heard stories, I researched a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, but I have a brother that was in the military. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of friends that were in the military. And, you know, what my brother went through for eight years, like, I didn't have a brother really growing up because he was in the military mm-hmm. and he, he, Went into the military, hap, whatever, he went through basic training, graduated, 9-11 happened. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was no it's war. Good guy, was, brother, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Shout like out him. to Steve. Um, I like your whole family. But I appreciate that. Perez family. They're, they're all right. They're all right. They're good. Good they're people. Good people. Very good um, people. So, yeah, when he went in, there was no war. There was no nothing. And then 9-11 happened. And he was one of the first ones to shoot over there. You know, like... Mm-hmm. And that was a crazy, crazy fucking time. My, until this day, my brother still has never told me what happened over there. If he ever wants to, you listen. You As know? a brother, you listen. But but um, what transpired when he came back and the stuff, the, like the PTSD and all that mm-hmm. shit, that his stories he would tell me like when he was sleeping and he would wake up screaming and whatnot. Like, could you like, I'm sure that's like times 10 or times 100 with Vietnam. You know, like mm-hmm. Vietnam was crazy, man. They were just blowing dudes up. And I mean, war is crazy all around, yeah. man. But I, I would say Vietnam, you hear, I've heard more stories of people. It was a lot more of closed quarters combat. Right. Very personal. Very, you know, it's not shooting from a far distance. It's Viet Cong sneaking up on you. It's even... Guys hanging out, let's say in an area where, and, and it, almost basically, and as well those, you know, almost like terrorist attacks. Right. right you know, right. guys hanging out, you know, in like, uh, uh, what what city was it? Uh, uh, Bangkok or wherever it is. They're sitting in a bar. Next thing you know, the bar shot up by Viet Cong, or there's right. bombs that were planted. Um, but then the crazy thing about when you hear more about the Middle Eastern was, you know, the Iraqi War, the, and then the other one after that happened during bush's reign the one your brother was involved in you hear more of these things of you know the massive uh the tanks being hit with missiles right. the suicide bomb is the you know the airstrikes stuff like that you know but what i always heard about in, in about people who were in the vietnam war was a little more things you know uh 
sniping, you know, from not that far of a distance or, you know, just things that were more like the, you, I guess especially you saw the enemy. Right, right. And you got to remember something. This is one thing I always thought, thought was crazy about war. You're invading a foreign country. You got, I don't know, say hypothetically 20 guys in a platoon. Not one of them speak the common tongue of the, uh, right, right, right. you know, I mean, and, and so tell me this. You go into a village. Everybody looks the same. We don't know nothing, you know. And by the way, you got to respect the black pajamas yeah. because those guys wore black pajamas, all right? <laughs> and don't forget, you know who else wore black pajama, pajamas? The people in, uh, in, uh, in Iraq, too. Oh, really? They're, yeah, uniforms. A lot of them have black uniforms. Um, but you go in and you don't know who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, who's just somebody caught in the middle, and uh, you don't know what they're saying. Right. You know? Right. And not to, and and they don't know what we're saying either. Yeah, man. I think war. I think I just think this. I mean, the world's just crazy right now. You know, we're like it with, is with the it's war. I mean, I, I watched for the first time. I saw my tax guy today, and for the first time, I watched ever. I've never seen Donald Trump on TV. I never listened to all his shit. Mm-hmm. I don't even have cable in my house. I haven't had cable in my house in like five years, just because I don't want to watch the news or none of that shit. And um, I watched them talk and they were like, oh, well, I guess we're not going to war with Iran and whatnot. And I'm like sitting there. I'm like, yo, this world is crazy right now, man. Yeah. This world is crazy with the shit that's happening in Australia. Shout out to Australia. Yeah. That's sad as we're fuck. We're praying for you. Yeah. That's sad as fuck. Especially that now it came out that that's arson. It's not even. It's it's crazy. Isn't that? Over 24 people got arrested. And not for nothing, in California, it doesn't help much either. Those uh, Smokey the Bass signs on the <laughs> on the you know the whatever, the Pacific Coast Highway that doesn't yeah. that doesn't do much either do much help either. But you know, I mean, I think those people death penalty. Oh man, that's like honestly, they they could be considered uh, serial killers. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, I'm not always in favor of the death penalty. Don't quote me on that, but some serious repercussions, Dude. regardless of age or anything like that. I hear. I, I already know the insanity pleas are coming left and right. You're gonna yeah. hear them. You know, the devil told me to do it, or who knows? You know, I mean, but you, yeah, I mean, but I'm that, sure that's really be some conspiracy artists out there that are gonna want to, you know, oh, Eddie Bravo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna break that down too, man. But I mean, I, just the world's so crazy right now, especially with like Donald Trump, the war, uh, gay rights, women's rights fires shootings you know like that shit that happened in jersey city a few weeks ago you know what i mean yeah that, that's crazy <clears throat> i'm still trying to figure that out was it a, a robbery gone wrong or was people just it, they were setting it, up the cops no it was um um black israelites so you ever heard of that black israelites yeah okay. they're black people who are from israel black people from israel so what they uh and now uh, this is don't quote me on this but this is uh uh, give or take information on what mm-hmm. it was. So in Africa, uh, Israel used to be all blacks mm-hmm. and then the Jews came over and supposedly took it over. Mm-hmm. And um, so there used to be black Jews. So they, the blacks, the Africans said that the Jews took it over and there was always like this fight and they were called black Israelites, um, which always was against the Jewish people, the white Jewish people anyways. So that's what the guy was. He was going into the kosher market to massacre the entire jewish market oh okay uh he was a black israelite you know i'll admit right right there when i heard kosher chicken market yeah i thought there was cash in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean 
It is. What it, I mean, it, this yeah. world's crazy, man. And like, it is. Um, dude, they, I have a friend that was a cop down there, and he said, mm-hmm. dude, he had plenty of ammo to go for a couple more hours. Like, why? yeah. Well, honestly, our police stations are very well equipped. Thank God. Right. You know that that's the that's one of the luxuries we have in America. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, we're not. You're not told you have to be a cop. Maybe you come from a cop family and there's a little bit of, you know, pressure. Right. But, um, you know, you could actually uh, decide what you want to be. That's why our country is great. You could decide what you want to do for a living. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, something, you could have a damn good life. Right. Right. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But that's that's pretty wild that your dad was in Vietnam, that whole Vietnam, like... That whole Vietnam yeah, he didn't get that. he didn't get sent over that. Thank God, but they gave him a he, you know right. some people are meant to go fight, some people are meant to go be mechanics. Right. My dad, thank God, and he had a brain, so right. they, they put him in a position where. And also, I think he got um, you know, they uh, categorized you. He was categorized as because my grandfather was sick. He was the sole provider for my grandmother and my aunt. Oh, wow. so he couldn't be sent over there. It's almost like that, you know, Private Ryan thing. They wanted him to come home because. He was the only son left in the family or whatever. Right. They try to get him home. So, and not for nothing, what kind of, these other countries don't have that. They don't care. Yeah. You know, in certain countries, like a lot of, unfortunately, the Middle Eastern countries, you're not, you're told you have to go fight. You don't want to be there. Right. But, right. you know, we have people, who, you know, friends of mine, friends, people like your brother, right. for example. He wanted to go protect us and protect people, and you know that was his choice, mm-hmm. and he could do that. He has that right. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. The whole military thing's pretty wild, but life's wild, man. <laughs> yes, Life, it is. Life's fucking wild, you know. And, and and especially in this day and age, it's like entitlement is huge, and people feel like everybody everybody's so opinionated. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something I actually wanted to talk about. So please do. Um, being opinionated, that is fine. Everybody has is has their own right to freedom of speech, and it's Insta- America. Everybody that's on Instagram Live, I hope you hear this too. But my name is Frankie Perez, and people follow me on Instagram. They follow this show. They follow my business page. I am who the fuck I am, no matter what. I do not sugarcoat. I do not pretend to be anybody I am not. I am a positive and motivating human being, and I am all you about. Are. Peace, love, and happiness 100% of the time, 365 days a year, and it, it just blows my mind. So recently, I'm not going to get into detail because there are people that listen to this. Um, uh, not that I want to upset anybody else more, but I am going to speak on it because I think it's fucking bullshit. I recently posted something about an event that I did. Now, this event that I did was a positive all-around event. An event that I had, um, I I came up with in Miami on a trip to Miami, hungover, watching my cousins perform uh, in a dance recital. Watched this thing. I was extremely hungover. I talked to my, my cousin about it, my boy about it. Came up with this whole concept. Came home, talked to a friend of mine who happened to be in the same industry. Came up with this whole business plan. We went over it, did it, right? First event, home run, 100% sold out, yada, yada, yada. I post exactly what I just said, and somebody that had to be fucking opinionated and actually say something 
said the whole hangover part is not professional and takes away from what you know the whole element of the incredible event was <clears throat> so what i'm going to say about that if you don't like who i am and what i stand for then stay off my fucking social media because nothing i promote is negative i'm not out here talking about murder i'm not talking about here sex trafficking i'm not talking about any of this shit drugs drugs i'm not promoting anything bad all i have is fun in my life happiness in my life and positivity in my life and that's all i want and drinking's legal this isn't the 1920s and, and drinking's legal it was a funny story i wrote quote unquote from a scenario that happened when i was hungover to spiraling into a conversation with a friend that spiraled into an incredible event with some amazing people. And that thing got taken fucking left field and blown out way out of proportion because there was children involved. Let me tell you something. If there was an issue with me to begin with, I shouldn't have been part of this from the start. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I developed this thing the way I developed it. And when you were hungover, you were 20, over the age of 21. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, it just, it's just people think like, like, like they have a right to say how you should live your life because they're part of something. Yeah, you can move that, that fucking yeah. thing around however you want. I'm like, it's like my joystick. Um, really? <laughs> what kind of joystick is that? I don't want, to, I want, I want it further I want away like, than in that tricks. case. Nah. So you guys can't see it, but I got like these new microphone like... Uh, I don't know, like arms are great. They're like, this is way more comfortable to do a podcast like this. Definitely. Yeah, this setup is 100% mint. Yeah. Um, I just, it just drives me fucking nuts. So I, I really wanted to talk about that on the podcast. So like, if you guys don't like my fucking post or what I post, half the time it's all professional. The other half is usually funny or like, yeah, I mean, you can watch my, I don't even post about my family because I like to keep that as private as possible. Mm -hmm. But I just, it just blew my mind that this fucking person had to go on social, not even go on social media, text, text somebody, one of my partners and go, I think this is out of line because I said the word hungover. So I did the professional thing and I went on there and I edited it and whatever. You, you said hungover. You didn't say I left the girl's apartment with three girls in the room yeah. or I left the strip club. There's no wrong going to strip club or nothing like that, but... I was hungover. I was hungover. And that's why I wanted to start this podcast. This podcast, I'm an open book. I'll talk about anything. I'll answer any questions. If you don't like it, it is who I am. That's how I think. And if you want to talk about it, come on the podcast or start your own. You know what I mean? Like, that's what this world's about, right? You're, you want free to be a speech. You free can express speech. yourself. You can express yourself. I have my way of thinking about things. You have your way. You're a man. I'm a man. You're a woman. Whatever it is. But guess what? That's also someone saying that is one of those examples of we're turning into a watered down society. Ugh. However, I'll tell you this right now. You do realize um, if you had said when you were hungover, you found a technological advancement, which is going to probably keep the rest of our upcoming youth. All right, I want to say sitting on their asses for the next right, right, 20 right, years. Right. Oh, you'd be a genius, Frankie Perez. Right, right. You wouldn't even be called Frankie Perez anymore. You know what you'd be? Yeah. You get the word doctor put in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> put in front of your name. You know? probably, probably from somebody that sits at home and just takes care of kids all day, you know, and just is bored yeah. and had the, 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 something to say. That, that same person, unfortunately, is the person that thinks 
that if they hear you say that you were hungover, their kid tomorrow is going to go pick up a bottle of booze. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, yeah, it's just crazy, man. It's just, you know, um, I get into things because I, I see the end result and I see like positivity. Like, uh, I have a new business that I'm starting, uh, next month. Um, uh, I'm going to open up a Zumba studio. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm opening up a Zumba studio in Howell. Um, Are you going to bring that thing with you that you uh, play sometimes? Uh, you yeah, DJ? Yeah. What do they call it? Doka. Doka. Doka, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, so I have that going on. Like I, I, I'm in certain – I have certain businesses that I just – it's all about positive. It's all about fun. It's, all, like, it's just so crazy how – Instagram posts get blown out of proportion by people that really don't give a fuck. They just want to. They got nothing better to do. Yeah, that's why I love. They take things too serious. Too serious, man. Like, and if you read it, it's like hungover. Like, oh fuck, like that was funny, you know? Yeah, I I would think it was funny. Did you see? uh, Speaking about too serious, did you see Ricky? uh, uh, Ricky uh, shit, Javaris. You know, I seen clips of it, but I didn't really take. Oh, I didn't, didn't pay attention it? to it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I should have now. It's so great. So, if what you did he exactly do? Please enlighten uh, what's me. What's his name? What's his name? Ricky Gervais. 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 Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Uh, he's a comedian. So mm-hmm. he's done the he's done the Golden Globes monologues, hosted it for. Uh, did he win an award? Or he was just no, the host. No, he, he did the host. He, he was he the did, host. This is the fifth year he did it, okay. and I actually watched each of his monologues. I think his first one was 2010, and each one gets like deeper and deeper you know like he like uh and this year he's like well this is the last time i'm doing it yo eight minutes he just rips everybody that has anything to do with the golden globes and the actors and actresses it was but it was fucking hilarious talks about jeff epstein talks about sex trafficking talks about um everything like Never, uh, Neverland talks about uh, uh, escaping R. Kelly. Yeah, like, yo, he, bro, he talked about everything that went down in 2019. You bring Harvey Weinstein up? Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. He brought everything up, bro. And um, actually, I don't know if he brought Harvey Weinstein up. He might have. He might have. He might have been like a, a skit joke, you know, like everybody mm-hmm. kind of knew what he was talking about. Um, Bro, but the the last part was he was like, okay, for all you people that are going to win your little fucking awards tonight, don't use this as a platform to talk about politics or global warming or anything. Yeah. You guys don't know shit. The more you you know less about that than you do about acting. Like, like, I just ripped them. So he's like, just come up here, get your fucking little award, thank your agent and your friends and your family. And fuck off. Like, it was, bro, it was so to the point. Yeah, and man. I loved it. You know, the truth is, there's a lot of people in Hollywood who are, they're scared to turn around to the big dogs, whether it be, you know, I love him to death. I don't agree with what he's doing. Still love the Irishman. You know, Robert De Niro's going on those those rants about Donald Trump. Oh, uh, yeah, he hates him, right? Yeah. But you know something? Uh Listen, in America, and pretty much almost in a lot of other countries too, we worship our celebrities. They're our heroes. Right. You know, uh, whether it be an athlete, an actor, whatever it might be, um, he can express his opinion, but it's just getting a little too much at this point. Right. Because we're getting it from every direction. Right. You know, it's coming from actors, it's coming from athletes. I mean, they could do it good, they should. Muhammad Ali did it years ago, mm-hmm. you know. 
even people don't know this. Joe Lewis did it uh, when he was in the army in World War Two. Oh really? Yeah, he actually he helped a lot of the um the uh the black soldiers uh make sure they were being treated properly. Um they all have a right to do that, but it it's just we're seeing so much of it now. I just feel like some some people mean it and some are taking advantage of oh, it. Oh yeah, well, some people you know? of course are using it to become popular. Right. right, right. You know, it definitely but, being against we'll say being against Donald Trump maybe has its benefit because so many people are against him. Right, right. But then at some point there has to be a little bit of you know, uh give. I yeah. Or a, or a little bit of respect where we say, you know something? Let's give this guy a chance. Maybe we don't like his attitude, but he's the right guy for the job. Right. You know? It's like going back to the old saying where the, the players might hate the coach, but when you take the coach and the players, you put them together, the uh, results are fantastic. Right, right. You know? And then there's a little bit of the respect. You know, he is your president. He's here. Give him a chance. Right, right. You know? Well, lighten up just a little bit. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But... But these guys just get on a rant, man. I mean, and he has a platform to do it. You know, people are going to listen, you know. Yeah. They're going to say he's crazy or whatnot, but, like, they're going to listen. Like, people like uh, Ellen, you know. Like, Ellen went up there and mm-hmm. talked about Australia, and but she's, like, a, a fucking huge animal lover. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like, she actually, I think Ellen gave $5 million to the to the Australian. To Ellen DeGeneres, right? Ellen DeGeneres, yeah. DeGeneres, I can't say it either. No, DeGeneres, <laughs> DeGeneres, yeah. DeGeneres. I always say degenerate, but... I love her, bro. Yeah, nah, you know, she's a positive person. She, uh... Yeah, if she did that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Five million dollars. It's a wonderful dollars. thing. And United I'd do it too Airlines, if I could. Right? <laughs> United Airlines donated 250000 to the whole Australian thing. and uh, Wait, time on how much? 250000 yeah, I don't know. Part of when I say that's it, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's it. You're so, worth a, worth a billion. Yeah, you know, but billions, yeah. billions. You're you're a necessity. Yeah, it's so you're crazy. like water. You know, did you know which airline did you say it was? United. United. Okay, you own everything. Right, right. Step up your game. Come right. on, you know. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? I remember back when nine eleven happened. Uh, I was re- something I read. It was a uh, Daily News or the New York Times, uh, the Post, but it was listed how um, after nine eleven happened, you saw uh, Puff Daddy, Snoop Dogg, uh, just a list of who's who, and it all had a million dollars next to it. Oh, they all donated. A they million all dollars. donated a million, a cool million. Boom, boom. Uh, Jay Z was in the thing. Russell Simmons. Uh, Russell Simmons actually under I think building I think the first building had an apartment. Yeah, not too over, far from it. Yeah, no, not too far. They walked outside his balcony and it was right there. Yeah, and I think his windows broke or something like that. Oh. And he actually had to evacuate that building. And that was when there was still MTV Cribs. Right. He right, did right. a second edition of Cribs where he showed his uh, new apartment. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. That's pretty wild. I remember watching that because he was still with uh, Baby Kamora Lee Simmons. Yeah. He was still with her. And he goes, yeah, look, we come outside and he looks up and there's yeah. a fucking towers. I'm like, mm-hmm. holy shit, that's sick. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they were there when that went down. I think I no, there was No, there was some type of damage to that. The building, the house, something oh, happened. Oh, sure. Where they, uh, they couldn't live there anymore. Yeah. Or they, uh, yeah, something happened. I'm not 100% sure. That's crazy, man. But I remember them doing a second episode of cribs and 
he was like, yeah, it's my new apartment. And he, you know, did the usual thing. Right. You know, welcome to my crib. Right. <laughs> they should bring that back. Right. But you know what? The cat was out of the bag that um, one of the, the, yeah, the executives on the show were like, yeah, so-and-so doesn't live here. It's his agent's house. It's his friend's house. And I was going like, ah, you know, yeah. come on, man. You just ruined it. Did you ever see Redman? Or oh, Man. I love Redman. Was it Redman or Dude, Method Man? I, Did you ever see Method Man? No, I, I remember watching Redman's one, though. He lived in Staten Island. Uh-huh. I mean, he had some of the coolest stuff in that little, like, dirty apartment, uh, house that he had. What he, was that red man that had the dirty house? Yeah, in Staten Island, he didn't even ha- he did, he didn't have a a doorbell. You got to the door and you had to actually take these two wires and go like this yeah. to make the doorbell ring. And I remember that. And I remember that's after how high that's after yeah, yeah that's he, after well, everything. You no, know, I've met so many people who would run into him. Friends who I have worked for the phone He's company. Been to the fights. Well, oh, really? Method Man's been Method Man and Red Man have been to the fights multiple. Ring of combat or no, in the UFC? Serious. Oh, that's serious. Oh, really? That's, that's serious. When well, there's Staten Island order. guys. They're right over the bridge. Yeah, I forget which fighter they were. He was following, but um, he came to the fights. I think two or three times. Yeah, the nice people. I've heard. I've I've gotten it from guys who work for the phone company. Verizon, you know, blue collar regular guys that they've ran into him and he's a great guy mm-hmm. you know has no doorbell but he had that ridiculous garage if you remember i'll never forget he had, an, esca- he had an escalator in it, an sc430 the lexus okay and if you remember he had a he goes ah if i order pizza or something he goes just in case i got the dollar box and he had a shoe box full of dollar bills He's like, oh, there's a few hundreds in here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah. Those you know, he, guys he, like that. Nice. It was a real guy. You got to admire people like that. I, at least I do. Right. right. I yeah. love that. I love that. I actually spoke about that with a, a client yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I sit down with this Sweet 16 client who uh, is a friend of a friend. Bullshit with them. We're talking about Disney cruises. You know, we start, we start talking about Disney because I feel like mm-hmm. Disney got like a whole new like spark right now. Everybody's going to Disney right now for whatever reason. And um, it's fun. Well, it's fun, yeah. But I feel like it was never maybe couple. because I'm getting older and like all my friends have kids and they all want to go to Disney. You know what I mean? Oh no, I know people who are couples that just love going there. Going there, right? Yeah, they might smoke a little something before they go yeah. there. <laughs> you know, at the Magic Kingdom, you can't get alcohol, right? Oh, but right. at all the other parks, you could drink. Oh, okay. So not for nothing, you walk around, you have some drinks, you go on rides. It's a fun time, right? Right. right. You go when the weather's nice. Maybe it's you know if you like the hot weather, you go when it's hot. Whether it be spring or summer, if you want it to be a little more mild, you're like, oh, I know people are there right now actually, and they're like, it's great. You wear a t-shirt and you wear pants, and right. there you go. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been there since I was probably fucking ten years old. Hey, you know, so what? Now, when people say Disney World, you say I've been there, or whatever. Just something I always remember. Um, like I said, I have a very close knit group of friends, and uh, my still one of my best friends who I've been best friends with since I was uh, my first day of high school. Uh, he'd never been to Disney World before. And he came with me and my family when I was uh, 20. We were 22 years old. Okay. And uh, it's hysterical because um, I was 22. And this was at a time when we were going out. Uh, at that age, I probably went to Vegas three times in a year. <laughs> going out, having a great time going to clubs. And uh, we went for e- He came with me and my family for Easter. Okay. My best friend's name's Louie, by the way. Shout out to Lou Campanella. You can hear me. Hey, Lou. Yep, little Lou. Uh, he's actually my he's, my friend was a police officer. All right, good guy. Uh, we go to um, 
go to Florida, has a great time. Of course, my mom bought him a set of mouse ears. And uh, <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, we were in Vegas. And we're talking, you know, and everyone's talking about, oh, my God, I can't believe how much money I spent tonight or how much money I spent this weekend. And we're talking, and he goes, you guys want to know who a real, like, baller is? And my our friends are like, who are we talking about? Who? He goes, Matt Marino's father. Like, well, how come? What did he do? You know, would he buy a Bentley? Did he, you know, what did he do? What's the story? Right, right. Stories, that's the first day we go to the Magic Kingdom. And, uh, my, you know, we, we, I used to go every year as a kid. I was very fortunate and lucky like that. Like I, every Easter, from when I was about five years old, we went, all of us, my entire family, to, oh, that's uh, sick. To, to, to Disney World. And I'm talking, we stayed there for 10 days and we would go to a park every single day if we wanted to. You know, there was no strings attached. Um, so my father gives me the, you know, the card, you know, the pass, and he hands me one. He goes, give this to your friend, Louie. Now, my family, just me, my brothers and sisters, there's six of us. And then we got my niece and nephew. They were little at the time. And my brother, Brian, brought a friend. And my sister, Stephanie, had a friend with her. And uh, another couple was with us. So there had to be 12 of us. Uh, I give this to my friend, Louie, the card. I said, Louie, don't. Don't say and just take the card from me, you know, and go in. And we he looks and he sees my dad giving everybody the card. These you know, the passes. My dad paid for all fifteen people. Holy shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> to go into fucking Disney. He paid for fifteen people yeah. to go into Disney World. And my friend Louis looked at the thing going, like a hundred dollars, hundred and twenty dollars a piece. He's like, Yeah. Your father just dropped fifteen hundred dollars in a flick. Yeah. yeah, and then not to mention, you know, my, my dad's the type of guy, you're with him. Everyone was, you know, a lot younger at the time. I'm in my 20s. My brother's in their, you know, they're in their 30s, let's say. Chris is, you know, they're a lot younger. Uh, my dad's the oldest guy there, so every meal, every dinner, don't try to pay the check. Right. You know? And, That's that old school mentality, yeah. man, you know? I, like, I'm like that a lot. My father, you know, I, I feel like, uh, depending on my father's from Brooklyn too, you know. Yeah, no, raised, I know. You know, so your dad actually lived five blocks away from where I lived. Right, right. Strange, right? Strange. Yeah. Yeah, five six blocks down the street. I feel like that's that old school man. My father still does that, you know. Even though like well, we're all grown, and it could be European, it could be Latin. It's you know, you're the you're the you're the head of the family. You're the man of the house. Right. And that's how it always been. Like even when I go on dates, like girls, some girls are like, oh, we'll split it. I'm like. I've heard never, that. Yeah, I nah. never do that. I feel awkward. You know, you know what drives me nuts too? When the girls are ten, right? You know, and you take it to a nice dinner. It, it, it doesn't even have to be a fancy place, but it's somewhere nice, and you know, somewhere where, you know you weren't eating garbage and you had a few drinks, and she might turn around to you and tell you, you know, I went on this date like a month ago, and the guy forgot his wallet, and I'm like. People aren't scared to make that happen, you know. And you didn't forget his wallet, just didn't have the money. God, did that ever happen to you? No. No. Actually, no, I will tell you. Actually, I was I was dating someone for like maybe a month, a little less than that. And um, I had never, I, I never used credit cards. I carry cash, you know. And uh, I had an American Express card that I hardly ever use. And I went to use it in a restaurant in Brooklyn. And it came back declined. Oh. 
Because it, it was weird because, but no, I had cash on me. I paid the bill, but it was really, it was nothing. But I'm saying to myself, I never use this card. I got a nice limit on it. Uh, uh, maybe I've used it to buy things online once or twice. But I'm like, I never use this. How am I getting a charge on here? I mean, how am I getting declined? Yeah, it's probably because you never used it. Yeah, but also it's being used in a different state. Uh, That's the thing. Like, honestly, we go to Miami. I'm calling uh, MasterCard before you say, listen, I'm going to Miami. If you see charges in Miami or Florida, you know, it's me. It's not someone stole my thing and right. stole my car and went on vacation. Right. Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah, I don't know. That's That's never happened to me either. But I have had girls pay for me, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, that are like, no, I'm paying, I'm paying. And I'm like, I let them do it once or twice. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just feels and weird they probably to me. told you, we, you could pay me back some other way, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, it happened yeah, to me I'll once. For- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's just, I feel like that's that old school mentality. Do you feel like you're in, like, the way your dad raised you and the way your dad was, like you're, oh, you have absolutely. that a lot in your, in your yeah. character traits. And, and also one of my things is, you know, uh, you do too. We have sisters. So yeah. I always try to treat a woman the way I would treat my, I want my sister to be treated. Right. I always said if I don't treat a woman right, it's going to come back to my sister. That's the only way I could be punished in that situation. Right. And I have a rule. Uh, and I got, one time my sister did this, I got very mad at her. I think a guy should buy a girl dinner Five times before she cooks a meal for him. Wow. All right. A guy should buy her dinner five, five times, times, or at least go on five dates. Before. It could be. It could be three. It could be three dinners. One night you went for drinks. Another night you went to the movies. Before she. Cooks. Before she cooks you food. I, I'll be honest, bro. I'm 30 fucking years old. I think I've maybe had two meals from girls that cooked <laughs> ever in my life. <laughs> I swear to God. A lot of them don't. Yeah, I think. And Ty, I'm, I'm sure there was one that the first meal was at her house and it was takeout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I swear to God, I think I've only cooked for maybe two or three girls ever in my life. I think I've, I've I can almost say there was a time where uh, I probably I cooked equal amount of meals for a girl in my house than I cooked, than they cooked for me. Oh, really? Do you have a culinary background or you just learned through being in the, N- the business? I can never go near because Rosario's a maniac. Uh, Good, great guy. Is that your chef? Yeah. Uh, Rosario came to work with my dad in 1981 or 82. So my mother was actually pregnant with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, now my, a lot of my things, watching my mother and my mother, and my, my grandmother, uh, my mother's mother, she was a lot more, come on, you want to, I'll show you what to do, you know, or you want to roll the meatballs. So a little, bit, a little bit of his dad and a little bit of just me being interested. If I like something, I take to it. Mm. So, uh, yeah, just it's, it's, it's a little bit of everything really, though, I would say. You know, I, I could actually look at something and say, hmm, I could figure out how they, oh, that was fried. Or I could think, I could, you know, I, I know, I know the basics always of everything, especially, uh, you know, like, okay, if you want breadcrumb to stick, you egg it, you flour it and you take it from there. And uh, I, I enjoy it. You can come up with the concepts and stuff. Yeah. I come up with concepts and I, I could cook. Uh, I could cook, cook. Like, honestly, um, with all the craziness that we're going through with the holidays, my sister, you know, having twin boys and being right. pregnant. Congrats, yeah. Baby. Yep. I'm a dunkle. A dunkle. I'm a dunkle. That's what we call it. A dunkle. Uh, if my mom told me to make 
a large amount of something, like I want them to make gnocchi sarantina uh. instead of eating lasagna on Christmas, I would gladly do it. You know? Um, but yeah, the, the kitchen is like protective by my mother. Word. You know what I mean? She's nah, you ain't touching nothing. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if I even if she does let me do something, like typically on Christmas Day, I set up all the cold antipasta. I love setting things up and making them look pretty. All right. Uh, I did that this year, even though we went to my brother Chris's house. Okay. The renovations are finally done? Yeah. <laughs> Shout yeah, out to Chris Marino uh, and his brand new home. <laughs> Chris and Stacy, you yeah. know. Um, it, it looks it, good. It's it's gorgeous, uh-huh. but man, did they wait for it. <clears throat> and they got every gizmo and everything you could possibly think of when it comes to uh, to a kitchen. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, uh, heated drawers. Heated drawers. Heated drawers. The microwave comes out of the floor. Uh, a robot comes down. I'm just kidding about that part. Uh. <laughs> you know, but no, nah, it's it's beautiful, and uh, I hope my I hope they enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I know it took them forever. Yeah, I mean, they ran to a bunch of things. He's gonna get mad at me for talking about it. You know, he's he's very sensitive Chris, about Chris that. had hair before they started the renovation. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has no hair. He got shorter. He lost weight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, no one ever believe it. My my brother Chris had the same syndrome as my dad. Uh, he didn't have to get shipped off almost to a war or nothing. But my brother Christopher one time was two hundred and eighty pounds. No shit. You know what he walks around that today? What eighty seven pounds? One sixty, one seventy. Is he that big? One sixty, one seventy. Yeah. I'm surprised. I thought it was gonna be lower. And the it. truth is, honestly, pound for pound. Uh, other than any professional athletes I know, my brother Chris is pound for pound the strongest man I know. Really? Not just mentally, physically. If <clears throat> I mean he is something in this office, this uh, this couch, it might be awkward. It's heavier on this side, it's lighter on this side. You know. Yeah, well you sitting there. <laughs> scoop, yeah, especially with me. Oh, oh my god, yes. <laughs> scoop it up in a in a in a minute. Really? You know, and he's in phenomenal shape. He's in better shape now at, sorry, fifty yeah. than he is was at twenty. Right. The truth is, my family we love to eat. Yeah. You know, big Italian family. Yeah. Bro. You know what it is though. And you're in the food business. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine me if I was in the food business? I mean, I'm kind of am. I'm there every weekend, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> but you. I mean, I'm. I'm. I admit, sometimes I'm jealous of you. Uh, the way I've seen you eat. Yeah. Like I still never forget. You know. This past Halloween, let's get a little snack, a little something. We ordered a pizza, we ordered uh, oh, a tuna a roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? We we may have ordered three or four appetite, uh, three appetizers and a pizza was a, a snack. Listen, bro, this is my concept of eating. One, I used to be a terrible eater. I used to never eat. Like my parents used to fuck me up. Like, <laughs> Yo, you're not gonna finish. Wow, fucking crack me, man! And I, like, I was the worst eater. And What's something I, they would say in, in Spanish to you? Like, if you yell you in Spanish? No, like, they wouldn't because like I never spoke Spanish when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, it, it would just really depend. I mean, my 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 parents were were they were they were great parents, but they were tough on me. You know? Oh what I mean? yeah. Like, you, I, I was not raised like with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, but. Um, I was a bad eater. And even if I, when I did start eating and like whatever, I just couldn't gain any weight. Like my mom put me on chores. Mm-hmm. Like I was like a skinny kid. Mm-hmm. Like even until I was like 18 years old, I finally, until I started going to strength and conditioning and found protein and working out and stuff, that's when I started fucking growing mm-hmm. and actually having some like muscle mass to myself and shit. You know what I mean? 
But uh, I think now I just have such, I'm a foodie, you know, I have such a love for food and different flavors and, and, mm-hmm. and, and zestiness and just fucking um, different spices. And I, I, I'm the type of person like I look at my plate of food and I don't even drink when I eat. And I look at it like I'm going to finish this fucking plate because there's people on earth that I don't, don't have, have a fucking it. plate. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I just love to eat, man. And I'm not the type of person. I can't leave my food. I cannot leave my food. I'll fucking, my, you see me, I'll go fucking cross-eyed before mm. I try to leave my food. You no, know I know. I mean? I've, I've, I've seen it. I've experienced it. I just, uh, like today I went and ate at this, bro, we got to try it. It's a Korean barbecue spot. Uh, I'm no. down with Korean barbecue. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's kind of like Mogo Taco, but like an actual restaurant. Never tried Mogo Taco. I put that oh on the list of to dos. Phenomenal. After Miami, of course, though you know, no carbs. No carbs. Still, no carbs. No carbs to Miami. <laughs> I got some summer clothes. Got to make sure they fit. You know, <laughs> I got. I got to get my flabs going. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're going to Miami. Yeah, yeah. I'm pumped. But uh, getting back to what you said, you know, the whole thing of eating food and everything. You see, it's one of the things I know for a fact is that. Uh, I was taught also that being able to eat well is actually a, you know, and a lot of different people, different ethnicities or, you know, if you could eat good, that's a luxury right. because I was told, I was told stories by my mother and father, by my grandparents. Uh, you know, we, you know, my parents' background really was that my, um, working class people, but my grandmother you know, my 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 uh, mother would explain to me how when my her and my grandmother would go shopping when she was little, they went to the supermarket and she had to only she could only buy the essentials. Mm. You know, and God forbid my mother looked at the bakery aisle or anything like that. Right. You know, my grandmother would probably feel terrible inside. They couldn't afford to buy a cake or a box of cookies or anything. They were on a budget. Right. And uh, even and I was very close with my grandmother. She was awesome. And even until I, she was older, I was older, had my license. If she needed me to drive her to the grocery store, I would happily do it. She was hysterical, my grandmother. She was awesome. Uh, when I was a kid, we would go to the supermarket, and she would actually look at me with such pride at this point because things were better. Uh, you want to go down? You, know, you, want, you want a cake? You want cupcakes? Right. You want a box of donuts? To want a box of uh, scooter pies is what my grandmother loved. Scooter pies? Scooter pies. They're those things like they're a uh, cookie with marshmallow and they're covered oh, in chocolate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't taste, no, nothing like that tastes the way it used to. Uh, All right, all this stuff is made pies. by a computer now and it's made in a factory, yeah. And that was, uh, she didn't call it that though. She called it like a marshmallow pie or whatever it was. And uh, being able to eat whatever you wanted, that's a luxury, you know, do you remember in a Bronx tale? He tells, uh, Rob De Niro tells his son, says, tells Calogero, he goes, do you know how many times I got to drive that bus back and forth so we could eat steak once a week? Yeah. That was the way my parents grew up. You know, maybe even a little bit less than that. I think that, I mean, it, not that it's a good way, you know, it's just the way they were raised, but I think yeah. it builds character stronger then, than anybody. Yeah. And then the other thing I could always say is that, uh, I've had an amazing life. I never had to worry about anything. However, uh, regardless how good I had it, I've always, I've always been very grounded because I've always just been around regular people all my life. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? I didn't. There's nothing wrong with you if you if you're blessed. You're good blessed. for you. A hundred percent. You don't need to rub it. Do in so much. Faces. Don't rub it in people's faces. But also, you need to know about. Uh, you need to know about people who don't have it the way you do. Yeah. Structure. And, yeah. Moderation. You got to understand that people got to work harder than you just because, mm -hmm. you know, you come from a silver spoon. There, and that's fine. Because there's going to be people that look at you like, well, this motherfucker don't know how to work hard. Because nope. he had it all. right. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, you have it wrong. You, know? you fucking work hard. This I always look at it this way. The only thing I was ever given in my life really was a job. Right. And I've seen plenty of people given the same thing and they've messed it up. Right. Horribly. Sometimes it was drugs, alcohol. Or they, and then sometimes just that either A, they didn't want to pick up where their father left off right. and work hard. And sometimes it was just, you know, maybe they just were, maybe once there was somebody who was just stupid. Right. Unfortunately. Right. But as far as how I grew up, very normal. Right. I played sports. I hung out in the stoop. You know, I walk, you wake up in the morning, walk down the block, knock on everyone's door. Yeah. And the truth is, my best friend, when I was a kid, my first house we lived in in, in, in Bensonhurst, before we moved to Dyker Heights, uh, I had a friend who would probably show up on my doorstep twice or three times a week, always around dinner time. Uh, Didn't have food at home. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Are you still friends with him till this day? Uh we lost touch, but you know, if I have run into him, uh, let's just say he has a reputation. So, <laughs> <laughs> but to me, he's just a kid. You know, I grew up with. You That's know? awesome. You know, he's, he's, he's to me, he's a good kid. Uh, regardless, of whatever he does is just a whole nother thing. You think it's crazy how you like look back and you look at life and you're like, "Fuck, man, I'm you're 36, 37, 37, just turned 37." you're like fuck man i can remember like when i was 18 doing this and like how fast time has flown and like how you've built yourself up as you know like your brand and southgate and yourself and people know matt marina like like you have your own luxuries you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and like i always think it's kind of crazy to like look back at life a little bit and like fuck man like i've lived a crazy lifestyle to now you know like i have i've, I've lived, been wild i would call it a little crazy and i call it lucky right and uh I'm only 37. There's a lot more to do still. Oh, I'm so not much. satisfied. You know, you have to keep going. Right. You know, you you either have to maintain, but I wouldn't say 100. percent I've I, I haven't peaked yet, and I'm not where I want to be. Right. Right. You know, you you could you. I think the day you really strive to stop bettering yourself or make yourself better or improve, it's the day you die. Right. Right. You know, especially in this area, like the whole tri-state area, you know, I feel like everybody out here is always like very competitive. I mean, very people, competitive. it was uh, New York or New Jersey last year was the first mo place. It was in the first place people moved out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I bet. It's hard to live here, man. But I tell no. people all the time. I've said on the podcast multiple times. If you can make it in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, any of these areas, you Philadelphia, can make it. Pennsylvania, Phil even. you can make it anywhere in the world. Anywhere you can make it. We're the only place in a few other states, but uh, the cost of living. But then people don't realize this, what throws a lot of people off, especially if you came from a one climate place. Freezing in the winter. 
scorching hot in the summer. Right, right, right. We got everything here, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's 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 something to deal with. Yeah, you know, whoever thought I never thought in my lifetime, especially as you know, technology gets so you know crazy advanced. and advanced. Yes, advanced is the word. Um, what was it? Ten years ago? No, longer than that. 12, 12, 13 years ago. The heat wave, the transformer blew, and the whole East Coast was out of right. <clears throat> electricity. I never thought that would happen. Right. I was 21 years old. What are you right. talking about? We sent the guy to the moon 50 years prior to that. <laughs> you know, you're telling me we lost power. Right. You know. That's crazy. But it's right. I mean, I, I just think life's pretty wild. And especially, like, I'll never, I never believed my mom when she's like, man, when you turn 18, you're going to realize how fast life goes. It does. And, like, honestly, uh, Forget about money or forget about the materialistic things. People like you and so many other people I've been blessed with, you know, having good friends, having good family. You know, you can have money, you know, but you know something? If you don't have the people surrounding you, yep. you know, it goes back to, you know, some, uh, I don't want to get on this topic, but i just say it quick. Uh, someone once, you know, my sister, you know, she had a procedure to get pregnant. Mm. Uh, she produced two beautiful boys. You know, Luke and Christopher. And, uh, you know, someone made a comment like, uh, well, you guys are comfortable. You guys got money. You'd be all right. That does, that's not what makes it. What makes it is that the mom and dad that I have and the fact that I got two brothers and she has me and I have also great sister-in-laws. You know, thank God that all right. came together and I have a niece or nephew. That's what makes that situation better or easy or you know makes it great what makes my life great is i've had great people uh to share it with right you know right. i still have two friends that we've been friends uh since i'm 10 years old oh wow yeah and my other friend louie who's a cop i met him the first day of high school uh i speak to all my i speak to those three people louie i call actually once a week or i just send him a text and you know what my text is hey you shoot anybody? <laughs> no. That's his reply. Right. <laughs> anybody try to shoot you today? No. All right, good. Talk to you, you know, next Talk week. Next yeah, week. that's that that that's a, a quick conversation we have. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm and my friend Andrew, my friend Iggy, I'm always in touch with them. You know, it's just we might go a week or two or three weeks sometimes. Even if you go three years, a lot of good friends are good friends. You know, nah, like, I mean, dude, I sold them every we saw each other every morning from the fifth grade leading up till we graduated seniors in high school, the same high school. Right. So, and my friend Andrew, I saw him every morning for three or four years because we took the bus, we took the bus together. You know, he was a kid who lived around the block from me. So we caught the same bus every morning. Right. Where do you think that transpires as far as like, like I have that relationship too. Like I, I'm friends with still all the kids that I grew mm -hmm. up with back in before I even moved down here. And I have, you know, uh, a tight-knit group of friends who we all know like one calls we all come like we're we're there we're, everybody now is super busy with their own lives and yeah. getting married and whatnot or engaged and um you know everybody has their own businesses and doing well but when we get together that once a year or whatever a couple times a year it's like we never left each like other we never left like where do you think that transpires from you know with guys things are very simple Right. I think my connection with, with with them and even like my friend Victor, my friend Carly, uh a few other people I've known a very long time, we're still friends. Uh 
I would always joke. My thing was I was the biggest one out of the bunch, so you got to make friends with the big guys. <laughs> it don't bother you. Um, guys, we're, you know, we're, we're much simpler than girls. I mean, uh, I met you, uh, and I always said this. If I met you 20, 30 years ago, we'd be friends. Right. I'd be friends with you. Uh, whether you broke my balls or you, you know, uh, made fun of me a little bit, you know, whatever. Somehow I get you back. Right. Uh, we would be friends. You know, because I think you're a good guy. You think I'm, you know, I know you think I'm a good guy. So whatever. But you know, you're into fighting. I'm into fighting. You All love, right. you love uh, DJing. I like music. Uh, you like to eat. Apparently, I like to eat. <laughs> it's not so apparent on you. <laughs> you're fucking anorexic. But <laughs> how did we meet? How did we meet? How did we meet? Uh, you DJed a prom or a charity event. I always, I knew who you were from fighting. Uh, and I knew you were when you were a prospect because I'm that deep into MMA. Um, and then it was uh, you did a a prom or something at the Southgate, and wow. yeah, it was maybe a prom or some type of a charity uh, event. And uh, thank you. And I uh, introduced myself, and I said, hey. You introduced yourself to me because I guess you thought I was running the party or something. Uh -huh. We shook hands, very briefly spoke, and uh, then you were going to Bulldog. Oh, and it was actually yeah. it was actually maybe a year later or two years after this, actually, the first time I met you, that you were very talkative with my brother Chris at Bulldog. And uh, from there, we uh, just started bullshitting more and more. I saw you every morning. Right, right. Bulldog. That's where it commenced, right? Yeah, I worked at your venue multiple times. Yeah, I think it was a little more like hi, hello, yeah, or whatever you'd see up? me. Yeah. But then uh you see each other in the morning, you know. Yeah, it's like eight o'clock you know, in the morning, you're yeah, all Yeah, we're both we're both on the same page, like, oh, I don't want to be here, but you gotta do this, you know. Yeah. And fucking picking out your eye boogers on the rower. <laughs> <laughs> your eye boogers. Actually, Sorry. no, that's something I never I never would honestly do. You know why? My brother Chris is a good influence on me, so he told me when I was really young. Remember something, Matt. If you have cross in the corner of your eye and you leave your house, you're a dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to wash your face really good, you know? Some people, you know, their parents, or, you know, if they have a sibling, they don't teach them the right they thing to do, them. you know? You know, upon the expression, you were told you got to wash your ass when you wake up in the morning, you know? <laughs> you you got to wipe the corners of your eyes too, all right? Fucking dirtbags. Yeah. Shit. But, yeah, no, that's something, you know, little things like that. And then, you know. Obviously, we're talking right now. And we're both laughing, you know. And uh, I went to Ring of Combat a few times, and I would always see you there. Mm. And uh, then there was that one time at Ring of Combat, we were actually, already right, we've been friendly. I think we hung out once or twice. Uh, and then there was that night we went to premiere together. Oh, God, that one night. It was, And that was the first time I met Dave. It was Dave's birthday. Yeah, that one night that I yeah. blacked out. Yeah, you. I'll be honest with you. Once in a block, once in a while, I, I, it's always when I'm in Atlantic City. I get the spins, and I was like, at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm staying at Bagada, and we're right at Bagada. I think Dave was like, come on, we're going to Bread and Butter. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to my room. You know, I'm yeah. going upstairs. I can't even say goodbye right now, dude. That night, I don't ever get like that. And like, you we, were you were dancing, you were salsaing, you were doing the lombardo with some chick. You were doing spins. You were all over the place. And I remember we walked in, and then you were talking to somebody. He said, come on, we'll just get a table. Because it was actually pretty busy that night, so it was worth getting the table. Right. And uh, and it was cheap. 
Yeah, I remember you bought a bottle of Ciroc, and I'm like, I don't drink Ciroc, so I bought a bottle of Grey Goose, and I'm like, all right. And, you know, those me, you, Dave, three guys, really, two bottles. What are we going to do with that? Right. Find some girls, yeah, you know, yeah. bring them over. Yeah, and then good old Frank fucking blacked out, fell asleep. Yeah, I'll never forget that night. It was actually funny. Uh, I never get like that, bro, and I hate when I get like Like, I plan to get like that twice a year. You know, like twice Once a year. Once we'll be in Miami. Yeah, it'll be anywhere. It'll be like, I'll have a weekend off and I go. Yeah, I know about that one. I know about that one. And, I, I, I that one and yeah. your friend DJ Valentine knows about that one. Yeah. Well, that one <laughs> wasn't planned. It wasn't planned. That one wasn't planned. <laughs> but I used to plan it twice a year. Guys, this is where I'm going. I'm getting bottle service. Whoever wants in is in. I will be blacking out and enjoying myself because I work too fucking hard not mm -hmm. to. And I would do it. And then it would remind me. When I was fucking puking for the next two days on why it's the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, listen, I like to get I like to get beyond buzzed, but I like to be able to walk out on my own two feet. Yeah, but that uh, night I don't know what. The oh fuck wait happened. a minute, Frank, you don't have a great idea again, and and say you hung over on that one, <laughs> you know, and actually, you know, you, you might next thing you know you might reinvent the wheel, you yeah, know, you to be hung over on that one. No, guys, but listen, we went to the fights. I actually had like a weekend, like that was the same weekend. That we went to Bruno Mars. Like, we had a good weekend. Mm -hmm. And then we watched the fights. First time I'm actually, like, sitting there enjoying the fights. Like, chilling, mm -hmm. minding my own business. Having a great time. Great fights. You and I go out with Dave. Dave's birthday. I, we were drinking the whole time at the fights. None of the drinks really hit me. I was Yeah, good. not for nothing. No offense, but that ring of combat uh, at the trop over there. Those, the vodka they serve there is, like... I don't even know if it's Amsterdam. It's like Majorsk, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, I was feeling good. And then, man, when I got to that club, I lasted, what, 20 or 30 minutes? No, you were going good because we left late. We left at like... We left late because I fell asleep half the no, time. No, but I think you, you fell asleep maybe after two hours. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I, I have a better recollection of that night than you, apparently. I mean, anyone would. Yeah. You know, I remember walking to the bathroom and I just saw garbage and I just started puking. I'm like, wow. Really? I didn't even know you, you did that. Yeah. So I, wasn't I went to the bathroom. And then like when I got my head out of the fucking thing, security was there. And my boy's like head of security. He's mm -hmm. like, yo, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Just just let me be. You know, I don't yeah, know what yeah, happened. Yeah. You know? I, I did it already. I'm done. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. yeah, you guys still got my credit card. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Come on. I got like that once in Vegas with Corey. Corey fought. Mm -hmm. I was fucked up. I was talking shit to Jake Glazer. I'm like, yo, how's it feel to be the guy that nobody knows? You know what I mean? Like, drunk. That's terrible. I know Jake Glazer. Drunk. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, drunk. Just being a fucking dick for no reason. This is like years and years ago when Corey first got in the UFC. This is when you were signed or? No, I wasn't signed yet. Um, And we go out. We go to this pizzeria. And I'm fucking hammered. Corey won. Is that Corey's the place that drunk. makes the giant pizza, slice of pizza? I don't or? even know okay. what place this was. It was a pizzeria. And there's two girls sitting there, two good-looking girls sitting at a table. And uh, we were with a couple other people. And um, Corey sits down at the table. I'm like, I'm going to talk to these girls. So I sit down with these girls. I feed a girl a piece of pizza. <laughs> oh, that's so you. Yes. <laughs> and I sit down and I go... You're going to be with me tonight. And a girl looks at me, beautiful, beautiful black girl who I'm still friends with till this day. Oh, and she lives in California. You're a friendly guy. You know? And uh, she goes, what? I was like, you're going to be with me tonight. Like, you're my girl tonight. You know? And I'm, I'm being funny. 
And she went all about it. She held my <laughs> hand out the club. Like, we went to Hakkasan. We had a good time, bro. I walked in Hakkasan. I'm like, we're about to fuck this club up. Mm. Bro, I sat down. We bought VIP. I think it was like, I don't know, 1500 bucks mm. or whatever it was. I fell asleep within five minutes. You I do fell, that. You're asleep. Uh, bro, I fell asleep on this girl's lap in the middle of Hakkasan in a nightclub in Las Vegas, and she patted my head and rubbed my head all night. I've been to Hakkasan. How yeah. do you fall asleep in Hakkasan? I don't know, man. I was that fucked up. And we ended up leaving the club. Nobody even drank the bottles. We spent the money. We oh. So we took Corey. You know Corey. He just takes the bottles with us. We go back to the room. He's also tall and lanky, so you know he could hide it somewhere. Yeah, he was hiding it. He was hiding it. And uh, yeah, we just, uh, we had a great fucking night. So I'm like notorious for blacking out. The problem is when I'm drunk and I get comfortable, I'm out. Like I'm falling asleep. I, it could be on a, on a moving vehicle on the hood. I'm snoring and I'll wake up whenever I wake up. Like the night in Beach Bar, I fucking, the second I sat down, that was it. If you keep my feet moving, I'll be all right. I'm gonna keep that in check when we go to when we go to Miami. Yeah, when we go to Miami. I'm gonna monitor you, all right? <laughs> as soon as I see you sit down, I'm gonna make a girl come over and you yeah. know get you up and <laughs> say dance with me, you know? Oh man, what was that? You've been to Ring of Combat before that one? Yeah. Oh my god, I first Ring of Combat I went to was uh, ten years ago at least. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, so you always been into fighting then? Yeah, always been to fighting. I mean, you know what it was? When I was a kid, uh, when I was really young, I used to watch USA Boxing every Tuesday night and Friday nights also with my grandfather. Oh, wow. So I actually saw some phenomenal boxing. I saw, like, Oscar De La Hoya make his debut. Oh, uh, wow. I saw, I was watching when Penel Whitaker was champion. Uh, I watched Fernando Vargas fight Winky Wright. Uh, you know, I watched some really, really awesome fights. And then, of course, um, you know, I was always a huge you know, I'm a movie buff, you know that. Uh, so, Karate Kid and then the Van Damme movie. So, this always. You can quote any movie at any time. I can. <laughs> you know, I'm useless like that. <laughs> All right. But I do, rem and I can remember like it was yesterday, my, uh, my dad had these brothers working for him as bartenders and. One of them, even from time to time, was like a, a bouncer. He, he, would, he would help my dad once in a while. If he, my dad ever knew there was going to be like a rowdy crowd at the, uh, the catering call. Right. And uh, he came to my father and said, Larry, I know Matthew really likes karate and all that stuff. He goes, listen, there's going to be a, this thing on pay-per-view tonight. And he said, it's going to be real fighting. Not boxing, not kickboxing. It's going to be real fighting, and I'm 10 years old. And huh. so my dad went, you know, of course, you know, I was actually like my, uh, with the exception of my sister-in-law who lived across the street, we were the only people on the block with cable. Wow. And that thing that I watched that night was UFC 1. Oh, no live. shit. Live. So when they say UFC 1 did 80,000 pay-per-view buys, I was one of those 80,000 people. Holy shit. And... Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't one of those people. You know, you hear people like Forrest Griffin talk and those people who are fighters or people who want to be fighters, you know, they, they're right. tough guys. They say, I watched my first UFC and I knew I was destined for it. Uh, I knew that's what I had to do. I loved that I was hooked. <laughs> you know the truth? Gerard Godot versus Talia Tula, the sumo guy. Yeah, and the white guy? Yeah. Gerard Godot was the white guy. He was a Savat champion, you know, uh, French kickboxing, you know. Uh, he 
when I saw that guy, the sumo guy, I said, you know something? I what I knew because I was always I was always fat when I was a kid, you know. Uh, but I didn't leave the I didn't I didn't have the normal fat kid's life. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> being I was always good at sports. All right. Always found my niche. Always was a starter. Never rode the bench before in anything I did. Right. Um, but I said, if that sumo guy falls down, it's going to be hard for him to get back up. And if you watch the fight, that's exactly yeah, what happens. Gerard Godot like, just sidestepped him because so he ran at him. You know, and, uh, and we couldn't get up in time, so Gerard Godot kicked him in the face and knocked his teeth out. Yeah. I saw that. I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. This is nuts. And those early UFCs were so ungraceful. Right. With the exception of Hoyf Scracy and the exception of Ken Shamrock, all, and I remember I liked, to me, to me more than Hoyce Gracie, Ken Shamrock appeared, appeared, appealed to me. You know, the muscles, he looked right, like a right, fighter. Right. He looked so I saw him, yeah, and I thought he was cool. But I remember his interview. He was mad his interview. I thought his interview would be, I won, like wrestling, you smile, you right. put your hands up. He was like, it was easy. He doesn't know how to submit people. I know how to submit people. And I was like, this guy should be happy. He just won, but he was, he was mad still. I had never seen that before. I was a little scared. Right. And then just from there, and I remember seeing guys like Dan Severn. We were petrified. How about, how about that Chinese dude that's just punching the dude in the dick until he submitted? Oh, shit. No, no, no. Oh, it was a Korean guy. guy. It was... Uh, Keith Hackme or whatever uh, it was. Oh, I might people with people. He was a Kempo guy. He had the black pants with the yeah. yeah I know exactly yeah, yeah. the guy who got punched in the dick several times was Joe San. He was actually in the Austin Powers movies. Oh, he really? was he was an assassin in Austin Powers. Who his thing was? He would take off his shoe and throw it at you. Oh yeah, that's yeah. him. Yeah, no that's way. him. And that He's guy, the dick puncher or the punch dick. He or? got punched in the dick. <laughs> Keith Hackney, I think his name was the guy, is the guy who punched him in the dick. That guy went on to the finals to fight Gracie and, and lost. Yeah, he wasn't punching Gracie in the dick. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> he put him in a triangle hole with his balls. Yeah, he's going to make him eat a bag of dicks. So you put the triangle up, you, you cinch it up this way yeah. like that, you know. That's great. And uh, see, and I saw that live too. That's wild. You know, I had all those on, on cassette, but I didn't know what they were, and I, I wasn't like a fan or anything. I just saw them. I'm like, wow, this is fucking crazy yeah. because I was a big wrestling fan. So like, what was crazy to me back then was like ECW, like when that, like the real mm -hmm. wrestling with real tax and barbed wire, and these guys are all bloody and crazy. You, you see, you know the things I I'm also very thankful for. Uh, little things, which is though, um, I was a huge wrestling fan too. I was a little more WWE and and uh, WCW, uh, but I got to I got to see things. You know, I mean, wrestling. I still I like it a little bit. I'll I'll catch up on it. Like maybe when uh, the Royal Rumble comes and they gear up for WrestleMania, I'll start to pay attention to see right. what's going to happen in WrestleMania, and I'll watch WrestleMania. But uh. I got to see so many huge things in wrestling, actually. Like, I was watching it live when the NWO oh, wow. happened. Yeah. I remember I remember coming home from school one day and my dad giving me a newspaper going, Matthew, Hulk Hogan's not with the WWE anymore. He's with this other company now. Yeah, and everyone's are. mindset was, oh, maybe Vince McMahon bought the other thing. And my dad already knew, no, my dad's a businessman. He knows Ted Turner owns that. Yeah. You know, TBS owns that and TNT. And 
I saw the Montreal Screwjob screw job live when uh, Vince McMahon right. hit the bell on Bret Hart. And, you know, yeah. they took the belt away from him. Rest I saw in a peace. Lot. Rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, no, it was Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Owen Sorry. Hart, yes, Sorry. yeah. I was watching that, too. Yeah, that was crazy. Well, it was before the show started. No, it was when the show started. It was his entrance. It was his entrance. Yeah, he was practicing it. No, it was no, it was live. I bet you anything in the world. I'll bet you the, the first sh- night out in Miami. It was that's fine. That's easy. I'll give you the I first remember I night. watched it. They cut to current they had a cut to a thing and no stopped. No way. No way. It wasn't way. a practice, it was live. I promise you. It was okay. before the show because he was rehearsing it and during the show they actually had like a memorial for him and shit. I, I, I would bet the first night out in Miami, wherever we go, whatever the things were spoken. I'll Google it guys, right now. Je- we need a guy in here to fuck you. <laughs> uh, we need a guy Where's in here. The, Where's the Googler? Here, I got a, I got a phone. Yeah, Google that. What, I'm, what I'm would be the, what would be the, um, how did? Googling it. Because they had to stop the show. Heart die. Huh? Yeah, yeah, don't be don't be making it up over there either. Um, um Nope, I'm not. Um Yes, I um often. Um Owen Hart dies in tragic On May third fall was thinking during the During the During the over the edge pay per view event. Hart was in the process of being lowered via harness and grappling on into the ring from the rafters of Kemper Arena uh, for a booked in, for a booked intercontinental match against the Godfather. Correct. In keeping with the bla- yeah, they said he was putting the, in keeping with the Blazers' buffoonish superhero character. He was to begin a dramatic entrance, being lowered to just above the ring level at the time the he, the, he would act in, uh, entangled. And then release himself from the safety harness and fall flat on his face. Correct. Uh, comedic effect. Blah, blah. It was elaboration of Blazer Hustle in 1999. While lowering into the ring, Hart fell 78 feet uh, into the. Hart had performed the stunt only a few times before Hart's widow, Martha, was suggested. But yeah, they just said he did it. Um, no, they didn't just say it, bro. Be- <laughs> He's trying to fast talk. Absolutely right now. not. Hard on he hit the ring post. I'm telling you, it was During practice. the fall, a pre-taped vignette was being shown on the pay-per-view broadcast, as well as the monitors and darkened arena afterward. Well, how is being worked? We're having an argument. No, this, no, this the way it's they're saying it. It happened during the event. No way. Don't believe it. I'm gonna Google it when I get home. I just I'm on Wikipedia though. Everything they're describing Wikipedia here. Wikipedia is the government, bro. That's conspiracy. <laughs> Google. Well, one say, day you'll you'll say, you'll you'll, oh, ha- you'll have Owen to- Hart died during or before the event. All right, Owen Hart. I'm not died. letting this go. I'm yeah, I can a, see I'm you're getting, not. I'm getting a free night in Miami, man. <laughs> I'm getting a free night in Miami. <laughs> oh, man. While he Googles this and checks it all out, make sure you guys are following us on uh, TeamFrankyPerez.com, all your latest and greatest uh, podcast episodes. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. 
I'm actually trying to get uh, my man Jamie Eat Clean Bro on the show. Um, Great guy, by the way. Yeah, yeah, you know him. Yeah, I know him. Everyone knows it. I'm his <laughs> landlord. <laughs> Even Dana White knows it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were uh, at one of Frankie's fights, and uh, Dana started talking to Jamie, and it was a bunch of people who worked at Eat Clean Bro. And uh, he like, looked at me and goes, you work at Eat Clean Bro too? And I go, no, I'm just his landlord. He looked at me and goes, he looks at James like, you took your landlord to the fights? He goes, he's a good, he looked at me and goes, you must be a good landlord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Say he got quiet, ladies and gentlemen. Nope. It was off camera, but it was during the event. That's what it says? It said had fallen to his death off camera during the pay-per-view event. During the... During the event. Yeah. Like, they didn't cut to him yet. This. Look. Look. See. Let me see this, bro. Let's see what this says. Millions of wrestling fans tuned into Raw two decades ago this week. They surely knew... Owen Hart had fallen to his death off camera during a pay-per-view event while preparing to make a stunt entrance from the arena rafters. Active wrestlers had died before just 19 months earlier, Brian. Because, listen, I remember watching it. They, like, stopped everything for a minute. It was a little... And then during a match, they had to cut back, and they cut to Jim... During a match, they cut to Jim Ross, or it was after a match. I don't know if a match was still going on at that time, and he said, goes, I have to... Tell you guys that, you know, Owen Hart's Damn, died. I think you're right. Bro. I am right. You see, I know I'm right. Damn. So let me guess. Uh, free night. Free night. Of yeah, that's the night we go to live. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about it? could be the night. We'll go to, like, right. story, okay? I'll go to, nah, we'll go to story. We'll go to 11. We'll go somewhere. We'll go somewhere weird. Get a little weird in Miami. Why not? Yeah, no, nah, we're definitely it's not too weird. many of these left. You so. need, nah, you definitely, you know, the truth is, Listen, I'm not a cheater. I'm I'm a I'm an honest guy, and if I did have a girlfriend or a wife, they can trust me. Um, don't <laughs> just, know because the just truth is that out there. <laughs> you know, if I'm with somebody, I'm with somebody. Cheating is not in my DNA. But uh, if I was going to Miami, let's just say I I. I'd, I'd be going there, and I'd be walking a little funny before I go there. You know, take it all out of me, sweetheart. I won't be able to look at nobody. It don't matter. Uh, but, you know, you, you need the time to hang out with your friends and, yeah. and have a good time, <clears throat> you know. Absolutely. Get drunk, go to clubs, you know. You, in the end, what do you have when you get old? Yeah. Memories. Memories. That's it. That's all you got. That's it, man. Uh, you got to take the little ones. You know, I, I appreciate all the little trips, all the experiences. This experience, you know. Yeah. like, like I, I even tr appreciate the little things. Of this might sound a little, um, uh, I don't know if the correct word is. My Found a, uh, well, not teenage like uh, flamboyant. Ju no, juvenile. Okay. I appreciate the days even sitting in a schoolyard with my friends right. and uh, drinking beers. Right, right. right. We, we weren't drinking beers. Just you know, no one really. You know, you met up at the schoolyard or in the park or even on the corner sometimes, right. and you just hung out. Right. We weren't doing anything wrong. We weren't selling drugs. We weren't drinking or anything like that. Uh, but it was you know you just hung out the camaraderie. Right. Listen, you know, the I, funny I, things that happened. I, I don't know. Like, I appreciate my friends so much more than they know. 
And I don't know if that's because like I really didn't have a brother growing up or whatnot. Like I, I listen, I have a great brother and he's awesome and he's got a great family and whatnot. But I literally didn't have a brother because he was in the military. But like, yeah. I don't know if like that's why I appreciate my like I look at my friends like my brothers, even though like sometimes I may not act like it or just because like I'm busy with work and whatever. But like my friends, I would kill for. Like you're one of my close yeah. friends, bro. I'd fucking you call me uh, on a drop of a dime, man. You know what I mean? It is what it is, but. I, I don't know, man. I just so something about like real friends, and especially a day like in this day and age, where the social market is so crazy. The, this is your friend. Hey, this yeah, is your friend right here. Yeah, you know yeah. Uh, who's on Instagram, and, and, who's and, on, uh, and these girls like you meet girls all the time that aren't real, you know, and it's like. People are just so worried about this and that and not just worried about a, this. I met a girl who literally one time wasn't real. Oh, really? Well, she was real, but there was a lot of filters and stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> I can't deal with that shit, bro. And yeah. I'm like cold hearted. Like I'm not a, I don't think I'm a rude person, but I, when, when you try to act like somebody you're not, or when you, think, oh, yeah. when you think you deserve something more than because you're pretty or whatever, I'll, bro, I will put uh, your unfortunately, face in dirt. You know what I mean? Like, there are people who might be pretty handsome, whatever word you want to use on the outside, but on the inside, they're rotten. Right. You know, I mean, whether it's the uh, the moral fiber, right, or whatever, whatever it might be, just you know, they want to go out. And, if they get pleasure right. in hurting other people, yep. even if it's verbal or whatever the case might be, um, they're just no good. Right. There's no other way I could say it. Yeah. It's crazy, man. That's why I like to just live my life and mind my business. And if you like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. But guess what? Yeah. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to yes, be in you Florida. Are moving forward. You know, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep moving on up to the, the people side. around me. The people around me know who the fuck I am and what I want to be. And it's not even me solely. I'm not even talking to like, I'm not here to talk about me. It's the same thing with you. Same thing with the people listening. Like, fuck what people want. Fuck what people think. Fuck what they, what, what, what they, what transpires in their life and what they think they where you should be. Oh, Frank, you should be doing this and that. No, I shouldn't. I don't. How need, about you go do just it instead? because I live a conventional life? You're like Frank. Yo, why? Why do you drive that? And why do you wear this? And why? The fuck cares? You wearing it? Like I, I don't give a shit about hmm. fancy things anymore. I don't. You know? Do I like them? Yeah, they're great. Nice. Fancy things are nice, but I don't need them. Forget about the fancy. What if I told you the uh, most successful one of more one of the most successful people I've met, uh, wealthiest people also, uh, drives a uh, 2010 Pathfinder. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I believe it. Can't say who, but trust me. Uh, if you went to your local supermarket and you uh, and you took a specific brand of ice cream out, I uh, believe it. Yeah, that that that's what he drives. Yeah, I believe it. And that yeah. where I was talking about, like the whole how we got on the whole Disney thing. So that client that I booked, they went on a Disney cruise, and they had mm -hmm. you know the the way the cruises work. You you usually sometimes. Um, depending on the size of your family, you have dinner with another family at the table, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You have whatever. Um, so they sit down with this family from Utah, Mormons <clears throat> or whatever, ended up being a very nice family. And they were like, you know, they didn't, weren't sure like, uh, what kind of people that they were, if they had money, if they have it, maybe it was a big trip for them or whatnot. 
this, that, and the third. So they, they were just having con- normal conversation. Oh, let's follow each other on Facebook, whatever. So they go home and they, they find each other on Facebook. And then they, the, the mom, the, my client, finds an article written about these people. That he was donating his father's $15 million house to the state of Utah as a museum because of like where he lived. The father is the founder, designer, and uh, owner of word processors. Yeah. That is a big <laughs> one. <laughs> That's like saying you invented dirt. Yeah. You yeah. invented air. <laughs> The word wheel. processors. So this guy's a billionaire. And they were like, bro, you would never know. He's wear, He wore the same t-shirt every night to dinner. Want to do the same thing and, everybody else is doing. he was just living. You know, they were just a happy family. Like, crazy, crazy. And uh, mm. yeah. And I was like, I love the story. I was like, that's that's what it's all about, man. Just appreciating. Yeah. You Money know. can't buy you happiness. Maybe it gets you a Band-Aid. Yeah. A Band-Aid. You that's know. It. That's it. But that's social society nowadays. You know, you, you even see it with like some of these fighters. You know, like uh, you're a big fight fan. Like you mm-hmm. even see it with some of these fighters. Like all these guys hate on Conor McGregor because of who he is and how he talks and, and you know how confident he is. This that, and the third. But nobody that's gave his, that to him. That's who he is. Yeah, he's trying to do what he has to do to but, sell tickets or that's how he feels. At least he's being real about it. But it's so funny because all these fucking guys, and I'm friends with some of the guys that I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So am I. All, I know. Yeah. All these fucking guys are a bunch of posers because now everybody wants to wear three-piece suits. Everybody wants to wear glasses inside. Everybody wants to wear big, fat gold chains. Like, all this shit. Nobody was doing all that before fucking Conor McGregor came. Yeah, a guy would wear a suit here and there, whatever. Once in a while, more, more, like, well, the, the natural to do that was... George St. Pierre, you know, right, but more right. gentleman like, and he would you know, wear a black suit with a white shirt, like like he was going to a funeral. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like it was just so crazy. And I see these more guys business, now. more business fashionable versus Conor McGregor is, you know, yeah. remember he's from Ireland, so European fashion, everything's right. you know, right? No socks, I'm the like, loafers. I'm a suit guy. I wear suits every mm-hmm. fucking weekend, but like when I was fighting. I'd never fucking. I didn't even think about bringing a fucking suit. You crazy? You, know you just I mean? sweaty. You probably want. You want to put a sweatsuit on yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I mean, they all take showers. I just think it's funny how like, as much as they hate this dude, they just want to be him so bad. You know what I mean? And like, yo, be yourselves. Like mm-hmm. you guys are all a bunch of fucking posers. Like talk. All you. Try to come. I mean, you know? even if you have to think about it a little bit, talk. Come up with a little something when you're on that. You know, when they do those big press conferences. Say it to your opponent. Say it to the press. And that uh, even that's like not even organic. Some of these guys don't even have a vocabulary to talk shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, yo, you guys, when you were growing up, you had friends that you would talk shit to and be funny. Anderson Silva. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But guess what? It riled up a couple people. Riled up a couple people. And you talk shit to your friends. Bro, talk shit to these people like you were talking your shit to your friends. Be organic. Nobody makes fun of Conor McGregor's tattoos. Nobody makes fun of his funny accent. Nobody makes fun of fucking, you, you know. How do you make fun of him? He's the man. Yeah. You know? you, it's easy to make fun of him, bro. It's easy to make fun of anybody. Oh, of course. You can, you can I, I think his walk is ridiculous. You the thing can, with the hand behind the Bro, you hands can come up with a back. million different, you know, if the guy's talking shit to you, talk shit back. Be funny. Be organic, though. Yeah. Like, these one-liner, like, Chael Sonnen, like, WWF shit. I think Chael's that. funny, though. But you know what? Chael also was the first person. No one was doing that before. And to me, it's the delivery of Chael and everything. 
that I think Chael Sonnen's hysterical. He cracks me up. Well, Chael feeds a lot of the fighters that talk shit. He feed, he he. They all call him for for lines. I don't blame him. Yeah. But um, getting back to what you said about talking shit among your friends, you know what that reminds me of immediately? My man and your fellow Cuban, Joey Coco Diaz. Oh yeah. In one of his specials, he did his his whole thing. He started off. He goes, "I was born in." Uh, Bergen, North Bergen, New Jersey. Because yeah, everybody in my na- my neighborhood was funny. And he goes, so you had to be funny to hang around everybody. Uh, and you know what, though? Maybe some people where they grew up, either they didn't have that quick wit vocabulary or conversation that you could laugh about where if you say something like, oh, you're not going to believe it this morning. I walked past Miss Robertson, you know, Miss Robertson, the hottest... You know, the MILF on the block, she was walking her dog and, you know, she bent over and her ass was out. And, oh, my God, it was great. <laughs> oh, really? No, that's yeah. a great story. And then guess what? The next person talked, their story has to be better than that right. previous story. You know? That's fucking awesome. I fucking, I like, at North Bergen, like, that city life, it's kind of like the same style Brooklyn life. As Brooklyn, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, same You know concept. what it is? Anywhere you get. Anytime you get, I mean, it's it's almost a little bit like that here, but people aren't very inviting because the social thing is, you know, to me, what what really does build a neighborhood as for, first always is, I mean, yet yeah, the parents, but also it's the thing of the, the way the children interact. Mm-hmm. You know, if you live across the street from me and I have a kid, you have a kid, they're around the same age and they enjoy doing whatever together then that's how the the neighborhood and the community and the environment you know it it builds from there mm-hmm. that was always to me i feel like a, a connection you know like when i was a kid i had a friend i had two friends next door i had two across the street i had one at the other end of the block and another crazy thing is my brother chris's wife stacy she lived across the street wow she saw me come home from the hospital as an infant wow and that and 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 so that developed an even bigger relationship you know because they knew each other as kids and they grew up together and they, you know, started dating. And, uh, but my point is though, I feel like we're really, to me, when you think about a neighborhood, first thing I think of a kid's playing football in the street together. Right. Or, you know, baseball or playing manhunt and tag. And that's lost because, especially today, I mean, God, I mean, it's terrible. We're seeing all these things on the news, especially about mm-hmm. the uh, kidnappings, people disappearing left and right. right. I mean, you know, you know, you know what it is. I think, uh, um, maybe the eyes aren't everywhere they used to be. I'll, I'll admit it. Something a little crazy about me. Uh, I was actually almost kidnapped when I was a kid. Really, coming out of the library. The, I think you told me this story. Yeah, I told you. Library was on my corner. Mm-hmm. I walked out. Some strange guy was asking me what book I got and if I wanted to go to his house and see his books. I backfisted him in the bowls and I ran home. Wow. And I still could remember where my mother was sitting in the kitchen, what she was doing. She looked at me. I was, you know, you, you know when you want to say something, you can't get it out. My adrenaline was going. Wow. Yeah. And then it was mayhem after that. They ever find the guy? Nah. I don't know. 
He, he, he didn't really. He, he didn't try to pull me to his car, but he put his hand on my shoulder. I just knew something was weird about him. Uh, I thought he was somebody I knew, like a friend of my father, a friend of one of my brothers, but I knew it wasn't uh, the right. You know, thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'd be on a milk carton. Your spidey senses, yeah, were on point. my spidey sense. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I would have been on a milk carton after that. That's crazy. But you know, really though, um, back then though, I feel as if some someone would have seen that. And then there would have been someone who didn't mind their business. Because guess what? You lived on a block like like mine. You didn't mind your business. Everybody looked out for you. Right. You know? And but this is Jersey. You know what I mean? Everybody has a big house or it's a development. You know, you're not on top of each other. There's no one's grandmother who lives with them who's sitting on the front porch all day. Yeah, yeah. And you could ask her, you know. Especially out here. It's not like, Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Joanne. Did you see Frankie Perez come by here? Yeah, he went that way. He said he was going to get a slice of pizza. I know where to find Frankie Perez. Right. But it's just a crazy world. You know, it's a different Bro, world. And, it, this, and like you said before, it's crazy. It's crazy, especially with all this sex trafficking going on right now, bro. Uh, I think that's bro disgusting. I hope and pray that I never run into one of these motherfuckers or see it. I yeah. hope and pray. I Let, hope and pray. Let's just say, well, you know what? what? What if you were sitting at a bar? What if you and I sitting at a bar one night and two girls like sit next to us? So, of course, as you or I would do, and 100% you will, <laughs> you know, you turned around and said, Hi, you know, how you doing? Bought them a drink. And what if the two of them did say, uh, Let's go back to your place? Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, you know. And what if they did say, okay, uh, but it's going to cost you 500 You know, I'm sorry. I'm not paying for it. Right. I never paid for it before. Maybe paid a rent once or twice, but <laughs> I never paid for it. Uh, however, uh, what if they said it was going to cost you? And you're like, I know you're going to say no. Uh but then, you know, uh, you happen to notice that a few feet away from the bar, there's some guy in tattoos or some guy you realize who's, uh, he's either watching them mm-hmm. or if it, turn, it turns out these two girls, they here working for somebody and somebody's going to pick them up later and they're going to take that 500000 whatever it is, and they're going to give it to somebody and they're basically here, they're tricking, they're hooking and they're giving the money to somebody else and they're forced into a situation that maybe they were from another country right or something or maybe they're just being held as scared shitless of the people who who uh kidnapped them whatever it is you never know man you never know um if i'm in that situation you know i would hope i would break it down like that and know you know what i mean and be able to i'm a big body language guy you know like i can i can feel body language and see if Mm -hmm. i'm in a bad scenario i would say nine out of ten times but man, I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. It's easy to say, oh, I'd fucking kick his ass and fucking swanton bomb him off the fucking bar. You know yeah, no, I mean, it's a Jackie chance. Yeah, you got to remember something. You know, he's uh, part of an organization. He's right, part of a right. group of, 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 it could be five other, it could be 10, it could be, it could be 100 other leeches, right. you know, parasites who are doing that to these women. And in some cases, even men. It's fucking terrible, man. It's terrible. Kids. Kids, you know? oh. When I saw that shit in Rambo, man, that shit drove me fucking up the wall, bro. 
But like, yeah, it's real though. It's, it's real. happening. It's real. It's real. It's fucking real. It's disgusting. And I swear to God. And they're getting them hooked on the opiates, on the heroin. You see the new Rambo? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's so fucked up. That's man. terrible. I mean, uh, the guy had to deal with so much, and all of a sudden, he's got he has happiness, but the happiness gets taken away, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah you know, and it's like, and uh, you, you even look at that, right? And, and that scenario, he he killed that whole cartel. Cares? He still the didn't have his niece cartel, anymore. The, yeah, he didn't have his niece. And guess what? That they're gonna start it back up, and another cartel is gonna have it yep. and rolling with it. It's like that crazy saying: you cut off the head off one snake, the next one grows back. Yeah, and it's it's just a shitty time, man. And you just gotta fucking enjoy. I hate I hate how negative some of the shit we were talked about in this podcast was, but need to be said because of course it is what it is, and it's here, and we see it. Yeah. And getting back again to you know we're in the information era. You know, the truth is, though, I think about this sometimes, maybe it is a little bit better that we are a little more aware today because of the information we have. Because let's just say if the, all the sex trafficking stuff wasn't go, was going on, but we weren't informed about it, it's right. even worse. Well, it's been the, going on for years. Oh, forever. Forever. I mean. from From the top of the top. Yeah. You know. Since the time of man. Yeah. From the top of the top. Even though it was, you know, it was illegalized. Yeah. You know, you can't do that. Bro, this motherfucker had a sex island. He had a sex island. Which guy? Epstein. Oh, really? He owned an island. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to read and look read into, into that whole into thing it, more know, because it is. And they expect that. They said he committed. He killed himself. Nah. He didn't kill himself. Nah, I'm definitely gonna, not. He didn't kill himself. He did not kill himself. You guys are all idiots if you think he fucking killed himself. What happened there was they said, we're killing you, buddy. He knew it was coming. Okay. He knew it was fucking coming. Why? Because who knows the what senators, that mother- The politicians yeah. were also involved in it. It's same and with- he was going to out them to save his own exactly, ass probably. Exactly. Even not out them. Maybe he would have been a G about it, but they weren't going to take that fucking. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Half the time they say those motherfuckers that are the pedophiles or this, this, uh, the rapists or whatever are the guys you fucking least know about. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, God for you don't know. All these politics, they're all, which I don't get it, bro. Like, I don't understand it. Like, I don't like it, it's fucked up, man, because like during the holidays, like my niece and my nephew were at my house and like I'm watching them play and like. You know, this has been a crazy year with all that shit. And I'm like sitting there and it's fucked up. But I'm sitting there looking at my niece and my nephew. I'm like, motherfuckers are willing to pay money to fuck with these children. You know, and I'm looking at them, bro. And I'm getting nauseous in my stomach and I'm getting mad. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why? Like, why? Like, I just don't understand why. You know, like where, where in the mind? Does that trigger something of some kind of sensation, temptation, happiness for somebody? You we know? don't understand it because in that way, we're normal. Are we? Listen, I know we're all not normal. I know I'm a little crazy and I'm a little weird. But what you just said, uh, if a child is a turn on for you, you're a sicko. 
Like why? And if, like, and if it's not, then you're normal like you and I like, because like, it's, it's it's not right. Like is it because you can overpower them? Is it because they're they're not they're willing? scared? Is it like like, like what? Cosby's thing uh, was he loved he loved you know doping the girls up. They couldn't move. Right. And he was the dominant presence for that moment. And, 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 Yo, he was doing that to adults. I, okay, yeah, right. you fucking drugging bad. a girl that yeah, doesn't want to fuck I, I, you. I'm just saying, there's almost in essence some type of a similarity to what you're saying, being right. the the dominant person in that situation. I, I think it's fucked up and it's disgusting. But um, I I just I, I don't I, get we'll, it. We'll man. never understand it. Like I said, we'll never understand it because we're normal, right? I just you know I, you know, and I hate talking about like negative shit on the podcast and whatnot, but like. Dude, it's just, it's wild. I'll, I'll never forget. I'll, and I was having sex with a girl once who was not my type. We were just having, we were friends one summer. A group of us all went out. We had, ended up hanging out and we ended up having sex. And she was not like my cup of tea. She was just skinnier. She was like mm-hmm. olive oil. We were having sex. I, olive oil is hot I'm a little bit more, I'm, I'm, de- I'm detailing this. So I had her bent over. You know, and I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing. And she flips over, and she's like flat chested. I mean, like flat chested, flat chested, right? I was so turned off because I thought I was having sex with an uh, like like it. I thought it was like a child, like an underage child. I was I like I stopped, and I'm like, yo, babe, you got to turn back over. Like that's fucking. It's like pushing the limit a little bit. Mind Mm. you, I was in my. We were in our twenties. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like that at all. But like I was like. And I that vision that I had from her, and mind you, she was a pretty girl. Like she just didn't have a body, but she was a she pretty just girl. didn't have the body that was she, was your type. Yeah, huh? been there. And that vision and that thought has never left my mind. Is that crazy? And that happened when I was probably twenty two years old, eight years ago. It could be the thing is the bottom line is that you know there are sick people out there that might be turned on to that, and I just and you're not, dude. Ah. Oh. You know, and it's it, it's it's fucking sad, man. And I hope and pray every day that I never see that shit happen or I run into one of these motherfuckers. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, I'm not a tough guy. Me neither. I've, I've, eh, you're a different sort. Nah, I'm not. Nah, a tough, I don't go looking for it. I don't know? go looking for it either. But you, you know, know me uh, far enough where I've but never I'm, got out you know of hand is? with you. I'm I'm very. I I watch people with their kids. Right. You know. uh once in a while, I'll be some. I'll be somewhere, maybe a restaurant, maybe at, online at Starbucks, and I see the way parents interact with the kids, and vice versa. Right. And I've always said, Jesus, what if I go in there and I see that little boy or little girl, and they got the black eye or they got the bruise? You see the bruise, and you're like, damn it. Right. You know what? What, what do you do? Right. You know, I've always said that as a truth when you hear about those kidnappings and stuff. It would be better if I was there. Right. Because I wouldn't I wouldn't let it happen. Right. You know, I've had some weird scenarios of things that have happened to me in my my life before where, you know, whatever you know, probably expression shit happens. Uh but you just hear these nightmarish Freddy Krueger like stories. It just happened in Freehold not too long ago. You're talking about Stephanie? No, no, no. That I still don't. We, you nobody yeah, knows. Yeah, there's so know? many, and that's sad. You know, yeah, so um, many layers. You know, there was a, a young girl in uh, that development next to Acme. 
What's that development? I don't know what that development is. I don't know what it is, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and there was a black suburban that supposedly got out and tried to grab a girl, and she screamed and ran, mm-hmm. and the black suburban took off. And that was actually across the street from one of my friends who has two children. Yeah, and, and that developed me up, from upset, panicked, you know, and I'm like, it's fucking fucked up. And then you got people like that girl in New York. Who faked the whole fucking thing? Oh yeah, she's a, oh, you know. I'm trying not to curse on this podcast, but you know I'm allowed to. Yeah, I can. Yeah. But she's a piece of shit. Yeah. That's the that's the kid who cried wolf. And it's just it's just crazy, man. That's why you just got to count your blessings, enjoy your life. And know. when we're in Miami, you know, if there's any girls from Miami that are actually listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> right? If you're skinny, stay away from Frankie Perez. All right. <laughs> if you're if your clothing size is, well, you know, that's crazy about women. A girl could be a two, but she she's not really that small. Right, right, right. All right well, the bottom line is this. If you're an A-cup alley or, a, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know yeah, Listen, yeah, I, I don't stay judge. Stay away. I, I don't judge, but I think it's kind of funny how, like, the uh, uh, the the women have changed over the years. Because, like, when I was younger, I was always into, like, big boobs, big butts. And, like, everybody always taught me, like, yo, those are, like, you like that? Like, that's gross, you know? Like, oh, I always like that. You know, I always loved that. And, like, everybody likes skinny girls and whatnot. And then, like, all of a sudden, when I turned, like, 19 or 20, when Instagram first started popping off. And then there was the Everybody loved the and fucking the bit, girls, yeah. You know? Like, no, the video well, then vixens. it was, like, the Fit Fam girls. Everybody loved the fucking Fit Fam girls and whatnot. Know, yeah. And now everybody loves the fucking big butts, the big mm. boobs, the thick thighs and shit. I was like, look at all you motherfucking Well, there's sellouts. a difference. Well, you know what I mean? There's a difference, unfortunately, between someone being overweight and then being thick in all the right places. Right, right. You know, I mean, those, when I was really young, it was the, the pretty girl was all right, but then you had the Pamela Andersons, the Jenny McCarthy's, the right. common electors with the ridiculous bodies. You know, it went from the model to now you want to be with a Playboy model. Right. And then then it was the video vixens, which was Playboy models times two. Because right. their boobs were bigger, their asses were bigger, their thighs were thicker, right. but yet the waist was still the same size. Right. You know, and, and then not only that, you have a body like that, you have to be able to know how to use it. Right. You know, what's the purpose of having the tools if you don't know how to, you know, do anything with them? Absolutely. And now it's just, you know, I mean, again, going back to what you said before, it's a whole other thing of, uh, I mean, truthfully, girls are massacring their bodies right now to to be a Kim Kardashian, to be a... And don't you realize, like, all these girls on Instagram, they all look the same. Yeah. They all look the same, you know? And it's like, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna double tap. Of course, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm we're a, both heterosexual yeah, males. Yeah, I'm gonna give you that you fucking know? jump. However, of dopamine, the only you know? thing I would love, I mean, dopamine. Of course, right away we see a girl on Instagram who's got two million followers and she's half naked. Uh yes, I'm attracted to her. I follow her. I like her pictures. Yeah. But you know what though? Yeah, I wouldn't turn down sex with her. Obviously, <laughs> you know. Look at but you know what I I would I'm almost almost I'm not saying 100% yes but almost equally as curious about how is she as a person right right can can I sit down and talk with her uh forget about if she'd be interested in going out with me or having sex with me but w- would she sit down can and have you a, ride a conversation bike? 
What? Can she ride a bike? I'm sure she can. Most of them yeah. <laughs> with a banana seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, you're right, man. Like, bro, people ask me all the time. People are like, I'm single. I'm 30. You know, people are like, yo, let me hook you up with my friend. Let me hook you up with my friend. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm always down to go on a blind date or whatever. And they're like, what's your type? I was like, I don't have a type. They're like, what do you mean? Woman. I was like, listen, I'm cool with anybody. I just like to laugh. I like cute feet and I like to eat. That's it. That's it. Cute feet I, I and you have, like to I, eat. I, I want to have a good time. Like I, I don't need like I don't want to be sarcastic, and like say a funny joke and you look at me like, Whoop. you know what I mean? Like what yeah, the fuck? You was know that? what I? You know what I? I went on a streak of when I was younger. I remember going on dates, and the main source of conversation at dinner. Maybe it's partially my fault, but it was the type of girls I would be dating. It was me, basically, um, it was me bragging to them, mm. what'd you do this weekend? And I'd be like, well, you know, I worked, and, you know, I had a great time in my 20s, so it was, yeah, you know, I went to Marquee, and then we, um, you know, I was sitting at a, at a table, and, yo, you wouldn't believe who was sitting next to me. Who was sitting next to you? Uh, Tyrese walked in with the whole cast from Fast and the Furious, and uh. that was, you know... That was my conversation. Oh, really? You you do that? Yeah. Could we go one day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you want to go, you know, we'll go. And, oh, I just came back from Vegas, and this is what happened in Vegas, or I just came back from Cancun, right. and you're not going to believe what I did. That would be that would be a convers- the topic of conversation. Right, right, right. Basically telling them about celebrities I've met, who, I, who my friends were, and just like, you know, I mean, it was funny. It was cool. Great times. But yet, you know, when that's your source of conversation that you're trying to impress the girl it's you're with. The, it's your shtick. Y- yeah, it, it's your shtick. But also, that's what she wants to hear, though. Right, right, right. If I told her, yeah, me and my buddy Frankie, uh, after work, we went down the block to Metro, and we had a few beers, and then I went home. Oh, but he told this really great joke. i tell you what happened. You know, <laughs> you know they might look at that and be like. Yeah, I just like, I mean, deal. I can kind of feel it out in the first Fucking usually five minutes if I'm gonna have yeah. a good time or, with chick or not. Girls who want to hear that, you know, if I like you, uh, what are you doing in two weeks? Want to go to the Bahamas together? Right, right, right. <laughs> Yo, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that if they if they're real. I'd and, be down for and that. They're nice we're gonna and find out in two weeks. Like I'm the type. Like we're in the wedding business, right? Mm-hmm. And we deal with people all the time. Oh, oh, I, you know, I, I've been engaged. You know, we've been together for a year and a half, and he's the one or she's the one. Uh, or eight years. I've done a wedding. My first destination wedding was 16 years that we're together, right? And we have all this story. Bro, I'm going to be quick. Like, the day I find somebody, I got I, I, I'm good in a year. You know what I mean? I can like, see you doing that Biggie Smalls Faith Evan thing. Yo, quick. They knew each other for six weeks, and then I, they got married. I'll be quick. I, I know. Like, I'll know off the bat. Like, with, like, with people like us, we see this shit all the time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. every weekend... We go in a room full of 100 to 500 people and men, women, you I'm sure you've met plenty of women in mm. your, you know what I mean? And I know I have. And it's just one after another after another until that one time it's just going to click. For me, it clicked twice in my life. You know what I'm saying? It clicked twice. Didn't work out for, you know, obvious reasons, but it is what it is. I know that I can feel that. You know what I mean? And that's what I got out of that. I know I can be on that level. I know I can feel that. So like. Nowadays, it's not hard for me to find a girl. It's not. You're a good-looking guy. Well, no, (laughs) I I don't think it's hard for anybody to find a girl nowadays. But finding the right girl, finding the right girl that's that's there for the right reason. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and ha- willing to have the right conversation and willing to be open minded to, you know, not being able to like have a checklist and go, well, Frank's got this and this and this and he's got this. And, but he doesn't have bang. bang. Yeah, they make How a- about you just take Matthew Marino for who he is, get to learn in real conversations, not what's your fucking favorite color. Adapt yourself to that, and he's going to do the same. He's going to adapt, adapt myself a little bit to you. To you, and 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 that's how it goes. You can't have your fucking cake and eat it. You no. know, like okay, maybe you chew with your mouth closed, and he chews with his mouth open. All right, we're going to have to fucking adjust to that. Mm-hmm. But like, he's a good provider. He loves you. He's affectionate. Okay, you like fucking leaving the the bathroom open when you pee. Okay, he likes to fart while he watches a movie. Like. It's like little shit. It's all give and take. It's all give and take, bro. And like everybody's trying to find like their million dollar man and their million dollar woman. Right. And like it's, it's I need never perfect. I don't want a fucking 10. You know what a 10 to me is? A fucking 10 rated headache. That's what that is. Because now I got to fucking worry about who's trying to bang her, who she's looking at, what she wants, how, why that her could life. That be any girl though, regardless You're of right. what she looks You're like right. though. But it's... I got this girl on Insta. Yeah, I date. Yeah, that's your girl? Oh yeah, you date her? And I got all these fucking, I'm not a jealous fucking person. I'm the furthest thing from jealous. I'd rather you fucking not be with me. And or you know, like there's girls out there that love men that are jealous and like fight over. Oh, I love oh they, men. unfortunately, and I, I've ran into two types of girls in my lifetime, which is there are some girls who believe that uh, arguing, jealousy, and all that type of stuff is affection and love, right. and they also think that maybe catching a slap in the mouth right, right, right. is love also, and that's that's far, 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 far from, from it. it. You know, man, I just like to find a girl if she happens to be pretty great, you know, but find a girl that has good morals, mm-hmm. is real. You know, having her own, you know, being an entrepreneur or having her own business or having her own career is even better, you know. But you don't want her to throw it in your face like, oh, do you know that I do this? Yeah, and I don't expect her to have. She can work at Walmart for all I care. But as long as she's fucking fun, likes to have a good time, is spontaneous, like, hey, you want to go hiking? Oh, you want to go to the Maldives? Oh, you want to fucking go to a five-star restaurant? Hey, you want let's go get shakes at Burger King? Like, I'm cool with all that. Like, bro, believe it or not, as fun, like... As much as I like to be out with my friends and whatever, I'm an introvert, bro. Like, I like to stay home. Mm-hmm. I can stay home and You're chill. You're a paradox. You yeah. like both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an introvert, extrovert. But, like, I can stay home all day long. I have no problem. I can work from home mm-hmm. and stay home and fall asleep, wake up, and I'm cool with that, man. I think so my. Yeah. Yeah. I could... I'm the same way. I think some of the most relaxing times I've had was when we had a storm one time. Yeah. Bro, I'm chilling. Like, I'm cool with that. And I want somebody to be cool with that, too. Like, yo, bro, dating, one, like, not that I'm cheap, but dating's expensive, bro. You go out. Oh, yes. I was fucking going. And I was talking to six girls at one time, man. And we're going out. Oh, there you go. That's it. It's not day one. You go six. Yeah, there you go. I just hit around the money. You know? Six. But. You Even if you're talking six. to two, but like I'm saying, not, I'm not. I wasn't dating six girls. I was going on dates. I uh, went on six different yeah, dates. Yeah, yeah. You're going to say all right. Yeah, whether if I was player, six player, girls, player. <laughs> That's one thing though. Like I don't hide and I don't lie. You know, so like whatever I do, you're gonna know whether you're gonna like it or not. But yeah. it's expensive too. Like let's go have a, a real conversation. Like why is it always got to be dinner? Why can't we just go get ice cream? Why can't mm-hmm. we just like 
Go to the beach and walk. Well, don't but, forget, you, know? you can't. Sometimes girls, especially these days, remember, they're skeptical of those long walks. I know. You got to really be comfortable with the guy right. to say, let's go walk on a trail somewhere. Let's go walk on the beach at nighttime right. by right. ourselves. I just feel you like know. dating shouldn't be this hard. It should like oh, but it not is. saying it's hard for me or hard for you. I'm just saying dating shouldn't be hard. It is but hard like, for me. You know, I mean, even admit it. You have to backtrack a little bit on that. It's hard for you. Lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Women. It, no, it's hard for me for that. It's hard for them to understand my lifestyle. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, dating is hard. Yeah, because, you know, I'm all over the place. I'm all, you know, I have many businesses and whatnot and. I'm always on the go. Oh, listen, it could be, I'm sorry I cut you off, but I gotta tell you, because it just popped in my head. You meet a girl, or even if you meet, you know, a friend, someone, don't you just hate it when they turn around to you and say, oh, well, you only work weekends, right? You really don't work during the week. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, it's like, yeah, I know, I just, I fucking sit there and shoot blanks all fucking weekend, and that's what I do. Yeah, I still watch TV. Yeah, fucking kidding me? But it's just, you know... Yeah, it, it shouldn't be that hard. It, it, it's just a normal conversation. And it's a yes or a no. Like, you're, you'll find out real quick. Hey, what's going on? Like, I hate girls that are fucking just rude right off the bat. Like, or just look the other way. Why do you got to be like that? Why can't you just be like, no, I'm not interested. All good, you know? And and God, Thank you, I'm flattered. But yeah, I'm thanking you, I'm flattered. I'm out. I'm out with my girls. I'm having a good time. All right, no problem. Have a good time. You know, nice to meet you. My name is Frankie, by the way. You know, easy. Like, there's so many girls out there that are just, like, ready to punch you in the fucking face, you know? And I hate that. Well, they that. give that look like... <sighs> or, yeah, or they like, act how like... how dare you? They, I remember... Yo, I was... I DJed last week at Metro. Mm -hmm. Everybody's having a good time. You were there. Mm -hmm. Great time at Metro. Thanks, everybody, for coming out, by the way. It was a great fucking time. I watched these two girls dance in a circle by themselves. I know exactly who you're talking with about. Their the coats. ones that were to the left. Yeah. I know exactly. You pointed them out to me. With their coats. You were like, Matt, I their hate that. fucking hand. Where are you going? Why are you not smiling? Like you, I see you. They were pretty. I, they were very pretty. And I see you lipping the lyrics. Like, why can't you just let go? Like, nobody's judging you. Did here. you try to go talk to them? No, I was working. I was DJing. I'm oh, usually you take a little break. Usually, and you know, yeah, you, I didn't. I didn't take a break. It was just too much going on. It was fucking, it was cluttered. But um, yeah, I, I, like that shit pissed me off. And I'm like. What's up with these girls? And every time I looked over, like she looked at me, and then she would like look away, and I'm like, "What's this girl's deal? Like, are too, you on the run? Too like, cool what are you? <laughs> yeah, like, are you on the run? Like, why is it so weird to have fun? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like nobody, I, like one of my favorite favorite lines, my famous lines as an entertainer, and my guys hate it, but it, it it's a funny line. I go, ladies and gentlemen, you know. The dance floor is for you. It's a Planet Fitness out here. It's a judgment-free zone for everybody. We just don't have pizza. You know, <laughs> you know that's like one of my favorite. No, wait. You do have pizza. It's a party. <laughs> yeah, there might be pizza there. <laughs> you know, but that's one of my famous or lines. Or there was pizza at the cocktail hour. Or there was pizza, on. yeah. But that's one of my famous lines, and everybody always laughs at it. But that's how it should be. We're out here having a good mm. time, especially in a bar. You know, weddings sometimes, ah, my boss is over there. I don't oh, you want to be a little, whatever. sometimes you want to be, you know something? My thing usually is at a wedding, at certain things you do, you have to be a little more on the elegant side. But if you said that, I would laugh at it. Right, right, As a professional right, right. and as a customer. Too. Right, 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 right. You know? You know, but it, it was just crazy. But The only thing I'm not a huge fan of when DJs or, or MCs are on the mic, uh, when they try, they sing too much of the lyrics of a song. Oh, yeah. You're not a singer, you're a DJ. Yeah. You're an MC. I love to sing. I know that, I but you're not in that category. Shut up and dance with me. 
That's my song. That's yeah, I know. You do the. <laughs> you do that too. You utter the track or murmur it, whatever you want to call it. So I heard this joke, and I'm going to leave you on this joke. You ready? It's a good joke. And I'm only going to say it because I, I went to my tax guy today. You ready? I don't know if okay. I am, but I'll, I'll, I'll okay, try. Okay, so uh, my, my grandfather, he got a call from the tax guy. Mm-hmm. Auditor, he goes, uh, you know, hey, Mr. Magoo, I, uh, you know, we see a lot of transactions going in and out, a lot of... Wait, time out, I'm sorry. Your grandfather, this is your, the Perez side or your mother's side? It's just, uh, it's my father's side. His yeah. last name's not Perez either? His last name's Perez, but I'm calling him Mr. Magoo. Oh, all right, continue. Yeah. I'm sorry, all right. So, my grandfather, Mr. Magoo, they go, ah, you know, you got to come, we need you to come in on Monday. We see a lot of big transactions coming in and out of your account. We need to get to the bottom of this or you're going to get audited. So call your lawyer and bring him in on Monday. All right, cool. My grandfather goes in. He sits down with the tax guy. Hey, Mr. Magoo, you got to fucking, we got to figure out what's up with these transactions. You know, he's like, you got so much money coming in and out. What's your deal? Like, what's going on? So my grandfather just sits there and he goes, no, nah, I gamble. I'm a gambler. And he goes, you gamble? And he's like, what, like craps, blackjack? He's like, no, I, just, I bet anybody anything. You know, I bet anybody anything. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, all right, I'll bet you right now. He's like, he looks at the guy. He goes, I'll bet you I can bite my eye. The guy looks at him with his fucking face. He goes, what? He goes, I bet you I can bite my eye. I bet you $5,000 that I can bite my eye. The guy looks at him. He goes, all right, I'll take that bet. So my grandfather takes his eye out, his glass eye out, and pops it. <laughs> you know, pops it back in his head. The fucking attorney, the, the tax guy's like, what the fuck, man? Like, you didn't tell me it was going to be a trick. You know, he's like, I don't know. He's like, listen, son, it happens to everybody. That's why we're here. I'm going to give you a chance to win your money back and some. So on top of that 5000 I bet you... Could, wait, time out. That he could suck his own dick? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. So... He's like, I bet you $7,500 that I can bite. Himself. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, go he ahead. He goes, I bet you $7,500 that I can bite my other eye, right? He goes, you're going to win your $5,000 back plus $2,500. So you're winning money. He looks at him. He's like, well, he didn't walk in with the fucking cane. He, didn't, he walked in here. The attorney didn't help him, you know? He goes, all right, you're on. My grandfather pops his dentures out and bites his other eye. Pops his <laughs> teeth right the fuck back in his mouth. So the guy's like, what the fuck? You motherfucker. Like, tricked here. Uh, he's like, now I get it. He's like, yeah, real funny. Now I'm in the hole 7,500. He's like, don't worry, son. Don't get upset. I'm going to give you a chance to win your money back. He goes, now he's in the hole fucking whatever, $2,500. 7, yeah. You know? No, 2500 is five grand. Now it's 7,500, right? Yeah. So, and now he's in the hole fucking $2,500. Uh, $1, okay. Right? So he's like twelve hundred. Where did you get the twelve hundred from? So five grand and seventy five hundred. Oh, so twelve thousand. Yeah, twelve thousand. Okay. Twelve thousand. All right. So he's like, okay, I bet you fifteen thousand dollars. This last bet. He's like, that'll win all your five grand and your seventy five hundred, and you'll win some. Guy's like, no, no, I don't want to bet on why. He's like, I promise you, I promise you, this is the last bet. He goes, I bet you, if you put that trash can in the corner. That I can stand in the other corner and I can pee from this corner to that corner without getting any drip on anything in your office. So, guy looks at him. He's like, so you're telling me you can pee from here to there without getting any drip 
in my office. He goes, yeah, I swear. He's like, I can do it. He's like, I bet you. 15 G's. Right? All right. So, <laughs> so fucking, he goes, all right, bet. So my grandfather walked over that corner. He unzipped his pants and he fucking pissed all over that fucking guy's desk, his office. He's fucking <laughs> pissing all over that motherfucker. Like he hasn't pissed in a week. Right, attorney, uh, the fucking tax guys jumping up. Ah, I fucking won! I finally fucking won! Jumping up in the air, he smacks the attorneys in the back, and he's like, "I fucking won!" Do you see that? He pissed all over my fucking desk. I won. Attorney shaking his head, all fucking pissed off. He goes, "What's your problem?" He goes, "Yeah, you won, but the motherfucker bet me a hundred grand that he can piss on your desk and you'd be happy about it." <laughs> 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 oh, that was actually that was good. That was good. It was a little long, but a little long. But the punchline uh, worked. I thought for a minute you were gonna tell me that the, the old guy, the grandfather, like, took his colonoscopy bag out and emptied it in the garbage <laughs> pail. You know, that's how you didn't get anything on there. You know? No, man. I heard that joke. And I was like, bro, this is a good one. This is a good one. That's actually very good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna flip I, it and actually make it like a I, Cuban. I, version. I wish I could have given you a drum, a drum roll. You know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But, yo, thanks for coming on, bro. Right, thank you for having me. This is yeah, fun. This, this is what you good. and I typically would do on a phone or in a conversation or whatever. This hey. is a normal day in the life with him and I here. Yeah. This normal conversation. Yeah, hopefully there's more memories, more things. We'll do a post-Miami one. Post-Miami. Oh, that we should we should do one in Miami with all nah, the No, 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 we too. Nah, fuck With all nah, the nah, guys. Not all the guys. I don't know a lot of some of them. We're just, you know. we're going to put the, the, the recorder in the middle of the table and just talk. No, no, no. I want to do all the things in Miami, just sit around a bunch of guys and talk. But, you know, and you know what it is? Honestly, maybe we'll do one, and you know what we could make our main topic of, of that mm. one? Uh, bachelor parties. Ooh. Bachelor parties and weddings. Like, there's, a whole, there's a whole thing I always think about bachelor parties where, to me, real quick, it's, um, it's a whole thing about, um, I'm a believer if, that um, depending on your financial circumstances or anything like that, but if you help give your buddy a really awesome bachelor party, right. then uh, you know it almost in essence can count as a little bit of a gift right. or you know or like the, the, the meaning behind it, you know? Um, but definitely there's a whole thing we could talk about in bachelor parties again. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. You know, I don't know if I should say something, but I, I hope the response you get from this podcast was was, oh, was, was really good. I hope we made man. a few people laugh today. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've only scratched the surface today. I know of me. I know, I know. I you know, know. there's there's a. I'm like an onion. Yeah, you and if I was an onion, I'd be back. like a blooming onion from the outback. Ooh, that's good. I'm yeah. on a diet, but I can't have that. Yeah, I'm on a diet too. You want to get a salad after this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know well, a place nearby. We get a really good salad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if anybody's ever looking for a, a venue out there, not just for weddings, anything, mitzvahs, corporate events, any style event, man, Southgate Manor is your spot. Check them out. SouthgateManor.com. SouthgateManorNJ.com. SouthgateManorNJ.com, and on Instagram at Southgate Manor. At Southgate Manor. Check them out. People, thank you so much for listening today. I remember uh, TeamFrankyPerez.com, at TeamFrankyPerez, online, one-of-a-kind events. Check them all out. Uh, we're always coming up with the latest and greatest stuff. Uh, another podcast coming out next week with special guests. Can't tell you yet. You. And uh, we'll it's see you guys secret. next time. Maddie, thank you. Love you, bro. 
Uh, just to make sure everybody out there always smile. Always smile. Stay smiling, stay happy, stay positive, baby. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Peace. You are now tuned in to Frankie and the four F's. Come on. The only podcast giving you the latest news on famous people fighting females and fear is Frankie and the four F's. Frankie and the four F's. Frankie and the four F's. You're never gonna forget. Never forget Frankie in the